With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So maybe everything is uh, okay. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Over the past weekend, we saw two of the biggest banking collapses in U.S. history with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. That is the second largest collapse in history, followed only a few days later by the third largest collapse in U.S. history. $100 billion from these banks' market caps have been wiped out. We saw a massive wave of trading halts in the stock market. And it's not, uh, not too confidence building. Especially when Joe Biden, for once, wakes up at 9 a.m. to talk to the American people about just what's going on, saying, don't worry, everything's under control. Of course, now most people don't think anything is under control, and it's actually causing a lot of fear. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we got a bunch of other stories, too. We made a bit of news on Friday, I guess, because Steve Bannon criticized Elon Musk, and then every outlet in the world decided to write it up. Then Matt Gates took a clip of it, and then Elon Musk himself essentially just called Steve Bannon not smart and evil. We'll talk about that, plus a whole bunch of other weird things like, I don't know, some giant rock in space is going to fly past the Earth, so the apocalypse may be coming sooner than we think. And then you've got H5N1 fears, because apparently bird flu has been wiping out chickens, and there's concern over whether or not it's now transferring to mammals, which it is, and this has a 60% mortality rate. So with uh, all the news about the apocalypse, we got a lot to talk about, but before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Click that Join Us button and become a member to support our work directly, and you will get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast live from, at about 10, 10 p.m. when we wrap up the live show. We then record live an uncensored members-only show. Now, if you don't want to watch it live, you don't have to. You can come and watch it anytime you want. It will be archived on the website in a huge library of content. And uh, with the way things are going, we could really use your support as members, so if anything, If you just like watching this show and like what we do, become a member because it is quite literally how we do it. And if people don't become members, then eventually we don't do it. So if you want us to keep doing it, become a member, support our work and uh, support our cultural endeavors. Don't forget to also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And in light of the fact that we are talking about all of these different apocalyptic scenarios, we are being joined by Drew Miller of Fortitude Ranch. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be on the show. You want to pull up that microphone? Sure. Uh, and uh, and who are you and what is Fortitude Ranch? Uh, I'm CEO of Fortitude Ranch, a recreational and survival community. And whether it's a banking collapse, a civil war, uh, an asteroid hitting the earth and causing crop failures over the next several years, or what I'm really worried about in H5N1, uh, human transmissible form of bird flu, uh, our members, including yourself, will be able to survive it uh, by coming to one of our facilities in rural areas and riding out the collapse. And aside from that, if you're not a prepper, it's just a fun place to hang out. Yep, we're a recreational facility, too. Good. That's right. Chickens. Enjoy the good times. Prepare shooting for range. the worst. It's good stuff. Well, we got a lot to talk about, too, especially with uh, with your experience with all of this stuff. So this should get interesting. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. We also got Phil Labonte chilling. Hello, I am Phil Labonte, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. 
Oh, and I'm Ian Crossland, probably the opposite of that. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just what? kidding. <laughs> Phil and I, I'm not a communist. communist. <laughs> Phil and I drove, we drove to Congress the other night there and back, and we had some deep conversations about philosophy and yeah. spirituality. I think Phil and I are like two heads of a coin, whereas he's the philosopher, I'm the spiritual spiritualist. Maybe. But uh, it was a pretty fun conversation trying to trying to identify God through math. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with you, Ian. That was a good time. What's up, Drew? I see you got a... Uh, you got cards you're going to be showing us. Yeah. I think those will come up later on the Slides. show. Slides. All right. Well, let's move this along. Surge. Yo, what's up? Uh, hopefully the audio works this time, huh, guys? Well, in studio seems uh, seems to be fine. You want to pop the window open? And then we'll uh, jump into I'll this first story. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got this story from TimCast.com. President Joe Biden tells Americans to have confidence in banking system as additional banks fail. Silicon Valley banks and signature banks were both taken over by the federal government amid collapsing share prices. I also want to point out that for some of the uh, images we use on TimCast.com, they're AI generated. Just look at how horrifying. <laughs> so this is good. like this picture of bank run has these people screaming, but it's like the Junji Ito of, of bank run AI generated images. It looks like these people are being hunted down by some demon that's stealing their soul as the uh, banks collapse. But anyway, I thought that was funny. The federal government took control of Silicon Valley Bank's a top bank in the tech sector on March 10th after its share price plum rapidly plummeted. New York regulators announced on March 12th that they have taken control of Signature Bank, known, known for real estate lending and serving clients tied to the cryptocurrency uh, industry. Quote, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe, Biden said during a press conference at the White House on March 13th. Let me also assure you we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. Oh, boy. I love how when uh, East uh, Palestine has this massive chemical spill, he didn't even show up. He didn't even mention it. Okay, he mentioned it. Don't get me wrong. But eh, there's no bailouts. They don't care about the people who live there. But when millionaires and billionaires in Silicon Valley have their woke tech sector threatened he comes out on TV and says, at 9 in the morning of all times, Joe Biden waking up at 9 a.m. saying, we're going to take care of this. Nothing to worry about. Here's what I think. I hate, I hate to go on a show with as many viewers as this and be like, the end is nigh or something like that. But Joe Biden has to come out and say this. He yeah. has to. Because if he doesn't, there's a run on the banks. Yep. And if people go on TV and say anything other than everything is A-OK, -okay, then there's a run on the banks. So that's the default position of every personality in media, whether it's true or not, I don't know, is to come out and pretend like everything's going to be fine. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because your bank's insured for $250,000 per account. So 99% of Americans, banks can fail, FDIC, they're insured, you have nothing to lose. So it's amazing to me that Biden is panicking and doing this stuff for the ultra rich. You have more than 250,000. So for Silicon Valley Bank, he's just helping out big tech companies and rich investors in big tech companies because normal people who had deposits at Silicon Valley Bank have nothing to worry about. Most people don't have $250,000 sitting in a checking or a bank account. They had nothing to lose. Yep. And so what they're going to be doing is apparently the FDIC will cover deposits above 250K. And I, apparently, I guess BuzzFeed had all their money in Silicon Valley Bank. Well, now I'm really encouraging no bailouts. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> they it shouldn't... It doesn't benefit us. It hurts the normal people because that means federal government's bailing it out. That means more debt. That means more inflation that everyone, including poor people, will pay. 
And this is just a move to help rich people who have more than $250,000 in big companies and banks. It, it makes no sense to be doing this. Well, there, there were, like, I, I was listening to a space today. Most of the day I was listening to spaces and just trying to wrap my head around what's going on. And from what I can gather is the biggest worry is contagion to other banks. So we've got two of the biggest bank failures in, in American history happening over the course of the past weekend. I... I am of the opinion that if if the government's cause the government's going to bail uh, bail everyone out or the bail bail the banks out because the government has basically uh, taken responsibility for any any failures in in the banking industry. Uh, you know they've bailed out everybody every time that there's been any kind of well, any the, kind of the rich elites. No, well, Big I mean, banks. To, Big no, banks. I mean to be fair, they did. They did do all. They they printed a lot of money. And whenever the government prints money and it goes to the people, it ends up with the big banks and the big corporations, anyways, because everyone gets that money and they spend it. It's not like people go and they sit on it when they get. If you get five hundred bucks from the government, if the government when the government you know was passing out cash, people didn't sit on that, and it wasn't enough money to change anyone's life or, or that they make it you know that they're going to invest with it anyways. So that money just ends up in the big corporations' hands anyways because people spend it. So it's just it's they're just going to continue to print money because that's what they have to do. So when they get together again, when the Fed gets together again, instead of doing fifty basis points, it's likely they're going to do 25 it's possible they're going to do zero and then they'll see what happens i don't know what's going to happen between now and then obviously but they're going to take the break off of the off the raising of rates because they can't have the rate i can't keep uh interest rates uh keep raising interest rates the way that they are with this kind of this kind of monetary situation in the u.s or they want to provoke loans to the banks basically so the bannon asked me on friday steve bannon why it's a Ponzi scheme, this economic system that we're in. And I, I gave him like a half answer. I said that it's because we're borrowing money from the, our, our banks, our institutions, our government is borrowing money from the Federal Reserve and then promising to pay them back with interest. The only way to get that interest is to borrow more money from them at interest to pay back the interest, which now we owe interest on the new borrow. So we have to borrow more to pay back the interest on the and uh, the, the real Ponzi is when what happens is that money goes to the banks, then the banks loan out to the common American to for mortgages and then they have to pay the interest they push the interest well, down to the, it, it, the small guy sort of and so all this whole system is banked off these 40-year interest payments by american people constantly paying more than they borrowed to fund this federal reserve usury well i mean it's 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 sort of to fund that but remember like when you are getting a mortgage you're buying you're getting a house too picture this you're driving on the open road taking in the beautiful views this country offers then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%.
carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. So if you pay the debt, it's technically owned by the bank until you pay them back. Well, yeah, but you get to live in the house. It's not a one-sided operation is what I'm saying. I I understand what you're saying, that it's frustrating that you have to pay pay more than than what you're borrowing, but that's why the banks are in business. So that way, like, they'll lend you the money, you pay them more than they actually lended you. That's the business model. And and let's let's, let's talk about it uh, seriously. A lot of people, they don't like international war and things like that. A lot of people, they don't like the petrodollar. They don't like imperialism. They don't like big bank bailouts. But I I believe for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, these are the evil things that these evil people do that does have a positive effect for a lot of people in this country. That is when the U.S. military is setting up military bases in foreign countries and pointing guns at people and saying, use the U.S. dollar or else it creates demand for our currency. And then we don't have to do as much work. And if the petrodollar collapses, then we're going to have to go back to chopping wood and raising chickens on our own and actually producing things in our country, something most Americans aren't prepared for and don't want to do. Most Americans that are young now, they're just demanding free That's they're demanding free stuff. I, look, Ken, look, Klippenstein, Ken Klippenstein today was tweeting about, about uh, re, uh, forgiving student loans. Like today? Because they're talking about bailing out banks. The banks that, if you bail out a bank, you're bailing out a bank because people had money that they put into the bank. So that's completely and totally isolated from like the the situation with student loans where people didn't have money, they borrowed money, they got an education, ostensibly, and then, then they're asking to be forgiven for that for that borrowing money. Well, you're the one, you're, you're getting the forgiveness for the education or for the borrowing money and you get to walk away with the education you're getting free it's, shit. it's the interest it's the excessive compounding interest that is the problem they used to call that's, it usury that's fine but that's not the same thing as forgiving the loan in totality correct that's different yeah i don't ever. i'll hardly ever advocate for just deleting people's loans i think that's kind of dumb but like the idea the profiting mechanism of loaning money i get it it was a risk if i loan you 100 bucks there's a risk you'll never show up again so i've got to at least like Give me 110 back. That way, if I loan out 10 times and one of those guys walks away, at least I made my money back. But it's excessive. Compounding interest, debt upon debt is like, it's, the, the, it's the, almost incalculable sure, 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 by sure. the common American mind. It is. The, the issue here is how our whole economy is one big Ponzi scheme from the get-go that is unsustainable. And going back to 2008, we can clearly see there's holes in the system. They put a Band-Aid over those holes, but the water is spraying through. The, sh- the ship is sinking. And now we're seeing, it's, it's like that cartoon where the holes are popping up in the hole and the cartoon character is putting his fingers and then his yeah. toes and his eye or whatever. You're not going to stop it. I'm, but here, here's what I want to say. Bailouts? Okay. If you want to sit in your lounge chair and watch sports and order nachos and drink beer and not have to worry about anything, you want the bailouts. You want it all. If you are an entitled Gen Z or Gen Zer or millennial who wants to wants to go to college for gender studies, you want the bailouts. And this is why you are seeing the default liberal and leftists be like, we need to make sure we take care of this because then they prop up the system that allows them to do nothing. Me, I kind of think we need to go back to a little bit of hard work. I'm not saying everybody should go work on ranches where they tend to chickens and goats and stuff like that, but maybe just a little bit. Because right now we got a bunch of like that viral video of the Gen Zer being like, why do I have to work to live? That is burned into my <laughs> into my brain. And Make it's them just, work. It's just inf- let the banks fail. Then they can go be like, I'm hungry. Be like, well, start picking food yourself. It's, Grow your own food and chickens or whatever. 
I, I, Biden says that no, none of these losses will be borne by the taxpayer from this Lie. bailout. He, he tweeted that seven hours ago for the record. Yeah, uh, he said, we'll pay for it from for the fees the banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Now, I understand wanting to bail out $250,000 of uninsured. A lot, a lot of the 95% of the accounts in this Silicon Valley Bank thing were, were not insured. So all those $250,000 accounts are gone. But they're decided to bail them out. I understand bailing out the small yeah, yeah, yeah. investor or companies no, up to two hundred fifty thousand. Correct. No, again, if you had two hundred fifty, you had less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in that bank or any bank, you have no risk. You're covered. If you're it's FDIC insured, insured. They, they all are. are. No, no, no. Yes, they, they are. They are. FDR insured. They all are. The only ones who are getting bailed out are the ones who are beyond two hundred fifty thousand. So there were big tech companies that this bank invested in. And people invested money in these companies, and this bank did too. So we're bailing out a bank because their huge, big payoffs didn't work for them, and they failed. And it's back just like we did in 2008. We invested in tons of taxpayers' money to bail out Wall Street firms who had huge investments in derivatives, making billions of dollars of profits for the people working in those Wall Street banks of zero value to American citizens. But, you know, Goldman Sachs, the, the treasurer, secretary of treasury at that time, was a former Goldman Sachs CEO. And Federal Reserve people, Goldman Sachs and other Wall Street firms, and the government and the Federal Reserve, full of people from Wall Street, bailed out Wall Street at the expense of the rest of the citizens. You know, the too-big-to-fail argument. And that's what's going on here the same way. Only in this case, you're bailing out banks that did bad investments in tech companies and tech companies that make big donations to people from both political parties. That's who's getting bailed out. This is not to help, you know, low income people with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know, bank money in there. This is just people at the bank making big investments that are getting bailed out from this. Not and, and let's, citizens. Let's talk about bad investments. BuzzFeed says most of most of cash and cash equivalents held at SVB. This is from Yahoo Finance. BuzzFeed Inc. Reuters actually said on Monday that most of its cash and equivalents were held at Silicon Valley Bank, which was shut down. Startup focus under SVB last week failed. Shares in BuzzFeed were down 8.6% at $1.17 in extended trading Monday. Wow, that's really bad. Silver it's, linings. It's like, well, well, I mean, like it's down 8%, which is really bad, but they're only at $1.17 per share anyway, which is just really bad. The company, which has been grappling with a tough advertising market amid concerns over a slowing economy, also reported a 27% decline in ad revenue to $50 million in the quarter ending December 31st. It expects first quarter overall, re overall revenue to range from 61 million to 67 million. They reported a revenue of 91.6 million for the same period that last year. Uh, let SVB fail because, um, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but then BuzzFeed goes with it. So, but I guess what some people in the super chat are saying is that even with FDIC insurance, it's going to take months before depositors can start getting access to their funding. So that means even uh, one of the craziest stories I saw, because someone mentioned this uh, last week. Etsy sellers didn't get paid. Now, my understanding is if you're an, a seller on Etsy, you like I make, a, you know, a doily or something and then someone buys it and they use this marketplace and then I send it out. But the fact is the people bought a product, Etsy held the money and the Etsy sellers didn't get paid. That's crazy. That's what happens. And then what may happen is even with the, the they're doing the National Deposit Bank for, from the FDIC for these companies. BuzzFeed's funds might be jammed up and their employees might not get paid. This this is is going literally to have a ripple effect. Now, I also want to address this real this thing real quick, too. 
BuzzFeed saying that their, uh, adver- their, their revenues are dropping due to a tough advertising market. I can confirm that is a fact because I've talked about it here. So take this into consideration with the, with the banking industry getting hit this bad. I can also tell you like our revenue is down, not to the point where I'm crying about it or anything because we do well enough, but that's why I'm like, hey, everybody become a member so that we can continue paying our staff and continue funding these projects and everything like that. Uh, because the, the market seems like it's headed towards a very, very serious downturn. This is interesting because BuzzFeed's reporting their ad revenue is down, is, is projected to be 61 to 67 million down from 91. That's basically what I was saying, like 40, 30, 30 to 40% drop off. But that right now should be increasing, not decreasing, which suggests this year is going to get really, really bad for media. And when media gets hit, it's because the base of, of the economy, the grassroots, already got hit. So what this is, we're effectively a canary in a coal mine. When small mom and pop shops stop their $100 budget per month for their little grocery store or diner, and then we, it, it all of like, let's say there's 100,000 small businesses across the country, just hypothetically, that are buying a small amount of advertising. It all trickles up into a handful of small media personalities who then all yell, our revenue dropped dramatically. Basically telling you that at the individual granular level, revenues are dropping and spending is dropping, which means the next step is going to be serious economic downturn. With the banks collapsing, with the with BuzzFeed even complaining about it, not that I care if BuzzFeed collapses, to be completely honest, it would suck if people lost their jobs, but I don't know if these are jobs worth saving. That being said, it will have a contagious ripple effect. So the question is, how do you feel about the current state of things? Because I got to be honest. I have absolutely, maybe, maybe I want to pull Bill Maher here, but I personally have no problem myself with having to go and chop wood and then forage for food. Literally, we ate chives fresh off the ground. We go out in the backyard, we grab chives out of the ground and eat them. They're delicious. We have chickens. I'd have absolutely no problem going to a place like Fortitude Ranch, rolling up my sleeves and taking care of animals. Mm. That being said, I don't know if y'all do. And that, and then people have kids and people have medical conditions, people with diabetes especially need access to these things. If you like the level of comfort we have, you're, you probably want the government to bail out all these, all these people. Everyone that, just like you said, everyone that enjoys a, a modern lifestyle, at the end of the day, you do want the banks to be bailed out. As much as everyone's going to say they don't, you have to be prepared for early 20th century lifestyle if the banks banks fail. I mean, fair enough. I mean, but it's like, if you don't know how to do things and you don't have a place to go and you don't have some savings and some food and some stuff handled, things are going to be really horrible for you. Like, I mean, the estimates that you hear after the first year, it's something like 10%. If, if, the U.S. like the dollar collapsed. Something like ten percent of the population will make it, or something ridiculously small. It's not. It it it's not something that anyone should be hoping let for. Me, unless let me read the super chat. Planned for it forever. This, I want to read the super chat real quick. Olivia Claire says, "I'm a Etsy seller. I should be getting paid today for last week's sales. It said it won't transfer until tomorrow. I rely on Etsy as my main income at the moment. Really scary time as a seller." And sellers shouldn't have their money being withheld. I mean, you're the person selling. Yeah. But SVB's money's jammed up. So let's see if they move in quick enough. And if they don't, the crazy thing is if the individual can't get their money, let's say it takes three months. That means they're not buying cheeseburgers. 
That means local mom and pop, pop shop diner. They're not selling cheeseburgers. They ain't buying ads. They're not paying their employees. Their employees ain't buying cheeseburgers. And it cycles through. It ripples through. Yeah, but you just can't have this continue. You can't keep bailing out firms and they make bad investments in derivatives and spend billions and waste it, and then we bail them out. And now SVP has made bad tech investments. They've lost money. Now we're bailing out. You can't do that forever. <laughs> Ultimately, people have to pay for that, and the debt keeps going up, inflation's going up, and you reach a point where you can't do it. And you just encourage more of this bad investment when you bail people out, it's called the moral hazard problem. It's exactly what we're doing when we keep bailing out. And again, we're not bailing out, you know, small account people. They will be protected. They will be repaid. We're bailing out big tech companies with SVP, just like we bailed out big but Wall Street firms before. It's, it's, it's worse than that. It's bailing out wokeness specifically. Here's my, here's my belief. If you take a look at, at Silicon Valley Bank's mission statement stuff, boy, did they invest a lot in diversity, equity, occlusion, and access, they call it. D-E-I-A. They put an extra A at the end of there. And, uh, and the, apparently their risk chief risk officer was like laid off and they didn't refill the position, but they did hire an LGBTQ advocate for seminars. And so everyone's like, what was your priority? Why would that be a surprise to anybody that, that a Silicon Valley bank prioritized their religion over the function of their business? Having this a... is, it's what they do, Right. So here's what I think. I'm willing to bet that SVB started investing in companies based on wokeness and not merit. So they would go to a company and be like, okay, so you're a tech company. What do you do? We have an app. What does your app do? Uh, it's, a, it's a texting app. How, how will it make money? We have a really diverse team of people who work here. <laughs> really? How much money do you need? Uh, five, 50 million? 50 million? And you said you preach diversity. That's right. Great. Here's the money. Yeah, they'll be like, they our won't. app is so diverse, it lets black people find black businesses. <laughs> it's the most racist app on the planet. No, it's for white people that can find white-owned business. Like the most That's actually what crabbies. they do. It's not diverse in any way. Like, it's segregative and, and racist. It's like when they made Black Panther, they're like, this movie's very diverse. And it's like the cast was 95% black. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not diversity. Diversity will focus exclusively no, no, no. on one race of people. But what who, the hell? Who, if, who in the audience would disagree with me? One, if you disagree, 20, if you agree that SVB was likely investing in companies based on diversity and not based on the function of their business. Uh, they were pretty open about it. I, the, I haven't been able to look at the books, but they said s as such on their website. Yeah, they, they had an A rating with ES, AESG score. Yeah. My, my, I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to give anybody advice, but I, I'm, I'm thinking about investing my, my money in stocks from companies that have the lowest possible ESG score oh, yeah. and getting all of my money out, out of anything with a high ESG score. You sound like Vivek Ramaswamy. Is that what he said? I, I don't know if he said those exact just, words. Just, That's just, what just he's all about. about investing your money in non-ESG right now. Well, it's, it's, I, think it's, I think that sounds right. If a company is, is fo focusing their efforts on environmental social governance, that is not a functioning business. Everything yeah, that's, that's fo if, if you're focusing on social issues, and right now, essentially what, what happens is ESG is social issues being shoved into, into businesses and, and bureaucracies and stuff like that. You see the social issues in, in, uh, in schools and stuff, and that's part of why test scores are so are going go down every year you spend more money every year and test scores keep going down every year it, it it's essentially supplanting the purpose for every single thing that it touches so if it's schools it it's it it corrupts them and they and you and it stops 
you stop churning out kids that know anything. There's a there's a comic from Stone Toss. I know the left really hates Stone Toss, but mm-hmm. it's an advertising agency. And then the the advertising guy is market is is he's got a burger restaurant clients, and he's like, here's our proposed ad campaign, and it's a white person and a black person making out. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then the guy's like, how is this going to sell cheeseburgers? And the guy goes, cheeseburgers? <laughs> but that, that's a, a really good example of what this is. The same th- reason why FTX failed, the uh, the crypto thing. Uh, what, they they were doing ESG stuff? Yeah, obsessively ESG. Sam Bankman-Fried would talk about it. About I think there's how, more to it than that. But yeah. Look, man. Yeah, he's a big into investing in climate change. There's video of him being like, we're going to fix the world with impact investment. He used different words, but that's the that was the purpose. You know, Bitcoin's doing really well. Spend your money on what they there's, want. <laughs> there's an argument I've heard people making to, or people talking today that this they there are people that believe that this is actually going to be a decoupling event. So the re, the reason that Bitcoin in the markets responded positively once the once Biden started talking, I guess, is because everyone essentially assumed or the markets assumed that there was going to be a slowing to the raising of interest rates. And so people are like, well, we can, you know, get cheap money or make, you know, get, continue to invest in in, uh, in things and stuff. You know, the biggest crime that I see out of this whole thing with this uh, SVB is the execs, five executives paid them. They sold stock within the two months leading yeah. up to the, the crumble uh, for millions. I think every every executive made over a million the CEO making two point three million or something, uh, roughly. Maybe somebody made under, and they also apparently paid out a big bonus to a bunch of employees on Friday, right before the announcement. That's a crime. That is that is absolutely that. That investigate that. Investigate those executives. Mm-hmm. Take that money back. Pay back the people that lost money with that. I mean that, that is scandalous. That's not going to happen again. Back in two thousand eight, when they did this, they did the same thing. They weren't just bailing out the Wall Street firms like the 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 Federal Reserve and the Treasury Department. They basically negotiated the sale of Merrill Lynch to Bank of America. Part of the deal was millions of dollars in bonuses to these Merrill Lynch execs, so they wouldn't leave the company and they could get the deal done. Just. You couldn't list all the illegal things going on negotiated by Federal Reserve, U.S. Treasury Department officials, many of them former Goldman Sachs employees. They did it openly. They got millions and nothing was – it was approved. It was your taxpayer dollars helped finance that. This is So it's happened before. It's going to keep on happening. It's the norm. This is, Biden tweeted this out eight hours ago. The management of both these banks will be fired if a bank taken over by the FDIC, the people running – if a bank is taken over by the FDIC, the people running that bank shouldn't work there anymore. He doesn't talk about the the stock that they sold of the of the defunct company right before the company was announced that it was defunct. I mean, the five execs selling stock in the two months leading up to the collapse is an indication that they knew there was a collapse coming, which that deserves an investigation, in my opinion. Um, Biden says they're all going to be fired, all the management's going to be fired, and that the people running the bank shouldn't work there anymore. Those are his words. Yeah, Joe, Biden, Joe Biden doesn't know what should happen with a bank. Joe, the president is in no position to make a call about what should or should not happen with a bank. If you want to have investigations or something, fine. But 
Joe Biden is in no position to be making calls about a bank at all. I don't trust Joe Biden's calls about basically anything. The man is barely con- barely has contact with reality. So Joe Biden's opinion on banks and who should run a bank is the least interesting thing in the world. This string of tweets that he wrote this under on the uh, on Friday, the FDIC thread obviously was not written by him. No, it sounds like some economist using his. I mean, it's different than other tweets that he puts out like last week. The whole like. This time it's different. Period. This time, you know those crappy tweets he puts out. He's so. Uh, this is obviously some sort of economist explaining their their procedure. But they're saying they're going to fire the uh, the execs, the management. I don't know what would be the ethical thing to do for this ten, twelve, thirteen million in stock that they all sold. Like they they're the executives of the company. They lost a lot of people, a lot of money. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I don't know who actually is being affected most mostly like who's really being negatively affected um i don't know i know that the the uh, svb was mostly crypto companies and and they funded a lot of startups and stuff like that so i don't know that there's a lot of small investors that are small bankers you know small uh whatever you call it uh at the uh that they that they cater to so you know i don't know exactly what what should be done and i i don't even know that we should be making decisions yet because it just happened today so talking about you got you kind of want to see what what the actual repercussions are going to be and it's how the, it's going to go through the, the economy the fog of war is the position and they're moving so quickly in the fog of war acting like they know what's happening and people yeah. are just like i don't know so i can't say no i don't have any pushback right now because i don't have the facts and people are scared so they're moving quickly i want to i want to pull up this uh this tweet here and just really quickly point out that someone removed one of the plugs from the cameras and it's not in the room so we're just like, what, like Phil's camera died, but they're all plugged in. I'm like, wait, what? And then we looked and it's just gone. The plug was yeah. just stolen by somebody. Cable's gone. Is but it a uh, should be okay HDMI? Now. Oh, it's bad. No, no, no. Here. The power cable. Yeah. Like the plug for the camera is just gone. Yeah, it's a little hammerhead eight, but it's okay. We figured it out because we got med skills. But anyway, right. let's talk about the story here. We got this from the Kobesi letter. The two-year treasury yield is now on track for one of its biggest two-day drops in history. The yield is down over 100 basis points from its high last week. Bond markets are moving quicker than what we saw in 2008. Bonds think the system just collapsed. I certainly hope not, but uh, in the event that they do, I suppose the question is, what happens if the market actually does collapse and this assessment is correct? If all of a sudden you wake up in the morning, your bank is telling you, hey, you can't take money out just yet. Hey, we're not so sure what's going to happen. Or outright, this ripples through all these other banks. I got to tell you, I looked at a bunch of bank stocks. I looked at the stocks for some of the banks that we use, and they're all very, very, very down. And that's kind of worrying. So, uh, Drew, well, what, yeah, what happens? The investors in bank stocks need to be worried, which is largely wealthy people, you know, big funds. Well, but, but, Average but, citizens aren't going to lose from this. And again, your deposits are insured. Well, no, 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 no. Your bigger worry I, I, is these bailouts, no, the federal I get, money going into that. That's I get that. cost you. But I mean, if, if the big companies go under and we do see a great recession-like event, or this is worse than 2008, then what does that mean for the average person in terms of their ability to get a job, their ability to find food, or what? 
Well, I don't think I think the 2008 threat and this threat to the average citizens and average banks are grossly exaggerated. I mean, if you're a small bank, a normal bank, you're you're not affected by things going on in Wall Street. You're not investing derivatives or high tech companies. Your banks aren't going to fail because you don't have investments in that. Your investments are in mortgages, traditional stuff. Signature your bank banks was real will estate. not fail. Yeah, but what kind of real estate? Commercial real estate, big bold investments, and and bad bets. So the, the investors in that bank, they should lose their money, the bank should fail, and citizens shouldn't bail it out. Because when they bail it out, now I'm being punished. Everyone across the U.S. gets punished when the U.S. government steps in and bails someone out. So, so we will pay for that. You think the real risk to the Americans is if they do the bailouts, not if they ignore it. Correct. So wait, wait. If they do the bailouts, then people are going to lose money? and, and Yeah, because our debt keeps going up, inflation keeps going up, and sooner or later you got to pay for that. And it's going to hurt the economy. It's been hurting us you know, already. We're likely to have a recession. We've been in recession threat mode for a long time. Why? Because the federal government gave away trillions of dollars unnecessarily during COVID. You cannot give money away. Sooner or later, you got to pay the price. The price is we're going to go into recession and we're going to have horrible inflation. We're paying the price. So every time you bail out a big Silicon Valley bank or a Wall Street big firm, which you wouldn't do for a midsize or small company or bank, whenever you bail them out, citizens everywhere else, not just in the U.S., but around the world, since we've got the dollar, they pay for that, and it shouldn't happen. So then it's it sounds wrong. like, let's just let them fall. They should I mean, Bannon, Bannon was saying that on Friday. You know, he was telling Matt Gates and Dan Bishop on this show, resist, do not let them convince you to bail these people out, you know. But I, I wonder, I mean, uh, if in 2008 they didn't bail out any banks, what do you think would have happened? Uh, well, no one really knows, but I don't think it would have been a disaster. It would have been a disaster for the Wall Street firms, but who cares? I mean, if Goldman Sachs and Merrill Lynch, you name all those firms that they went under, who did they lend to? Huge Fortune 500 companies who pay outlandish fees, and they're not the only ones who can do investment banking. There are investment banking firms, small ones all over the U.S., who can step in and take their place. They should have had trillions of dollars of losses and derivatives. Uh -huh. Let them take their losses. 98% of Americans... Don't invest in derivatives. They don't invest so in these high-tech companies. We so we won't suffer. We have some comments here. People are saying you're wrong. There's a video of the FDIC saying they only have funds to cover around 4% of the losses and the risk is real. Someone else said that the FDA, uh, FDIC has only enough to insure about 1% of the deposits. And this will be a push to get us into CBDC. I don't know what that is. This is Central Bank Central Digital Bank Currency. Digital currency yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, Which who's going to bail out FDIC? That is something the government's there to bail them out. So if we want to bail out the FDIC for the $250,000 deposits, that's okay. I don't want to bail out for the investment beyond the 250000 That's the bigger bill we can't afford. You know, one issue is bank consolidation in 2008. 465 banks failed. Uh, a bunch of them were, maybe all of them, were bought up. It was like Wells Fargo. We came out of that with like four big banks. I could see another, same with the Great Depression. That was a big wealth consolidation. You know, they, they bankrupt everyone. They buy up the assets. It's always, well, I mean, and I, I just want to push back a little bit on the idea that they bankrupt. Like, it's not intentional. Like, it's not like there are people pulling the strings that are trying to bankrupt other people so they can buy up the assets, or at least not not all the time. I know that has happened in history, but still. The point being, like, that the consolidation happens because if you have a lot of money and, you lo and, and everybody loses money, you still have a lot of money, so there's a bunch of opportunities to buy stuff up. That's what happens anytime 
anytime there's any kind of financial crisis or whatever, rich people get richer because they have funds to make to capitalize on the marginal businesses going under. I well, let me say, let me ask you guys a question though. So uh, Tim Katz Corporation has more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's the only amount that's insured. What if our bank went under? Everybody here would be out of a job. How would people here feel about that? You got to be able to make money. If 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 we're not making money, uh, we deserve to fail. If if we're not in that's the black, not what I'm we saying. To fail. Because if we if, go, if our, if our bank goes to zero, stop, stop. If the bank froze our money right now, there would be no paychecks for any one of the employees. The company, of course, makes money, but the money in the bank that we need to pay the employees until revenue is comes in because it comes in, it doesn't come. In, we don't we don't just have money. Our our customers, our members, they will, you know, pay ten bucks. Advertisers will pay a monthly thing or once a month. For those three to four weeks, if we have no money, what happens? We just tell all of our employees, don't worry about it. We tell our our our, our utilities. So this is the question. When I'm looking at these tweets about people lining up outside of Silicon Valley Bank, and you you show up one day, I want people to think about this. You show up to your bank because you're a regular working class person, and they're like, you have no money. You say, how do I pay my rent? You're a small business who maybe isn't even one of these big woke tech companies or whatever, and you've got a million bucks and you need, and, and you're a business that, you know, you've got a decent profit margin. Let's say you're doing 10%, 20% per month. You spend 500000 you make, say, 600000 That money goes into emergency rainy day funds, potential investments. Then you have your employees that are the bulk of those costs. And then one day, your paychecks bounce. The bank says there's no funds. What do you do? You should have five bank accounts first, so you have 1.25 million insured by FDIC. Uh, per, per the size of your bank, you should probably have a ton five. Of bank. The five number is great. No, 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 five's not good enough if you're like if you're Facebook. You know no, I mean? five's not good enough if you're right. Facebook. But for small businesses, you should have multiple bank accounts. A lot of people having issues couldn't get their money out because they didn't have anywhere else to put it. So they're like mad dash to open a second bank account, like have multiple business accounts. Secondly. I think, yeah, if your company can't pay the people, the people aren't going to get paid. That's the deal. You know it's I was like thinking? get ready to live without money for four months or three I months wanna, or two weeks or whatever. I want to say some some uh, some words just before I make the statement. Max Kaiser and Stacey Herbert, because I was thinking today we were talking, if we had a part of our balance sheet in Bitcoin, Bitcoin went up. And Bitcoin has a different st stability. And a lot of companies transferred some of their balance sheet into Bitcoin. And so if we were like, some, we, we use primarily USD for all our liquid transactions, but then we store some of the value in Bitcoin and actually pay some employees in Bitcoin. All those employees, that money they get in Bitcoin is worth substantially more right now than it would have been when they received it. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, I don't know if the intention with the, all this collapse is to push us into like, like some, that person was saying, central bank digital currencies or something like that. But it certainly has me looking at my crypto being like, it's up. It does have the intention of cons bank consolidation, um, centralization of currency. And then um, I think they're going to want to try and track it. So, well, they, I mean, they're going to be any kind of if you use a CBDC, they automatically can track it. Any kind of crypto. Cri yep. You know, Everything you do. Any digital currency like that, it's automatically tracked. They can turn your money off. They can tell you what you are and are not allowed to buy. That's complete. Your money is completely programmable. But if that's the direction of the water flow, then maybe we no, should. No, no. Oh, crypto? I mean, don't not ignore crypto. it. No, 
crypto is one thing. Bitcoin is different, it is, and yeah. a CBDC is a third. Yeah, CBDC doesn't so have to be on a blockchain. I just want to point out, the rumors going around, and I don't know if this is true, is that Harry and Meghan had their money in SVB. I heard that. And I don't know if that's true, but everyone's laughing, being like all their money's gone or whatever. Either Maybe. way, it's probably a scary weekend because even with Joe Biden coming out being like, don't worry, we're going to pay everybody to get access to their deposits or whatever, how long do you have to wait and where is the money? Again, the message should be you don't have to worry if you've got less than $250,000. There's no need to do a run on the bank. That should be the message. No, for sure. The message shouldn't be no matter how much money you've invested or how badly the government will bail you out. That we cannot afford to do. All that they do is tell these big banks, keep playing with the money like jerks. Because the taxpayer has to fail. They say, and say it's, it's not coming from the taxpayer, but here's what Joe Biden's not telling you. The money paid to to the FDIC, the premiums paid for FDIC insurance is intended for you, the little guy, not for the millionaires and the billionaires. And now what they're saying is your rainy day fund is being given to the millionaires and the billionaires. Sound like Bernie Sanders over here. The millionaires and the billionaires are getting your FDIC money. From five cent nickel. Historically, the FDIC pays insured deposits within a few days after a bank closes, uh, usually the next business day. And what they'll do is they'll open a new account at another insured bank. And then send you the money that way. Uh, someone mentioned that it might take a couple months earlier, but I think they move pretty quick. Hopefully, here's so a, if that's true, then yeah, I think the small guy doesn't have anything to worry about. Well, here's a, uh, a short uh, post from Amy Curtis on Twitter that I saw. It said, "Here's why the government is going to bail out SBV, but won't send disaster aid to Ohio." And you can see uh, an image showing California as very blue. Well, you can't really see it because the way it, it's cropped on screen. There you go. And then you have this image, which is Ohio being like all red. And East Palestine being, you know, over here in the eastern Ohio. So a lot of this does absolutely feel like a combination of elitism and partisanship. The fact that Joe Biden got up at nine in the morning, first thing, and said, your money is safe. But when a train exploded, spraying toxic chemicals, they they, they burn and toxic chemicals are everywhere. It's getting in the water. Fish are dying. The governor says a plume of chemicals is flowing down the river into West Virginia. Nowhere to be found. It tells you who butters their bread, who they're serving and who they're concerned about. Of course. When I look at things like this, and then we had that Jane Fonda thing. Do you guys see the Jane Fonda thing last week? Hanoi Jane talking. She said on The View... That she was asked, we have to fight for pro, you know, for pro-choice, whatever. And then Joy Behar was like, well, short of protesting and voting, what do we do? And she said, murder. And then someone was like, wait, wait, what are you saying? And she goes, murder. And they went, ha, ha, no, she's joking. So the way I see it is all signs are indicative of systemic collapse, whether the bond market is correct or not in the previous segment, that it's going to collapse, whether the banking thing, two of the w- biggest collapse in history happening back to back. And they, they're, they're seeming, like one's in California, one's in New York. Are they, are they related? All I got to tell you is hyperpolarization, hyperinflation, I, I, maybe not hyperinflation, but inflation's ridiculously high. Now banking collapses and people on TV saying psychotic extremist things. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How is, is Drew, you're the expert, I guess, or you're the one selling a product. Do you think we're on the verge of some kind of major collapse and should people... I don't want to say be worried, but should they be prepared? I think a recession is likely. I don't think a banking collapse is coming. But what about, I mean, beyond that, I mean, when you're looking at the weaponization of government, when you're looking at people on TV calling for murder, whether to joke or not, we're seeing violence in the streets. We're seeing 150 far leftists storm a government facility in Georgia and burn it up. Then you've got the January 6th stuff where they're saying the FBI was destroying evidence. It doesn't feel like this system, whether it's financial or political, exists anymore. It seems more like a smoldering pit. Well, we track 50, we call them threats or trigger events that could lead to a collapse, but you're only talking about one of them. And that's, you know, something like a, a financial collapse or something that really triggers the civil war. If there's a banking collapse, that doesn't mean there's loss of law and order. But if people start doing civil unrest and law enforcement goes, then you've got a collapse where you worry about the things we worry about, which is people going out, looting, stealing, killing, and it's not safe that, to live here. I mean, that's, that's just one of 50 events. We have we have more things to worry about than that, I think, that are more likely to get us. What like what, what, what do you got? Like avian flu is the one that I'm very concerned about right now. Our electric grid is probably my number two biggest concern, the fragility electric of Electric grid. I think that's likely to kill us off before a you know, collapse from a banking collapse. I've got a bunch of stuff on the bird flu, but let's talk about the electric grid first what what about the grid has you worried it's been vulnerable and we've known about it for decades and the government has done nothing to fix it it's vulnerable not just from the physical you know terrorist attacks you've heard about in recent months it's vulnerable from natural causes solar flares electromagnetic pulse from a solar flare can take down the grid it's done it before the reason why i said we'll talk about this one first is because you've heard the stories that are going around where extremists are attacking substations it's not the first time they did an attack on the metcalf grid you know a decade almost ago and we knew about it and it was a professional kind of a test run this is well done look up the metcalf attack on the grid it was done years ago we investigated it was a professional group that did it it was like a dress rehearsal i don't know if russia or china or who was behind it but wow. they did a professional metcalf attack on the grid years attack. ago in 2013 and, yeah this is old stuff, just like the, the threat of EMP. We've whoa, known about it for decades. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Check this out. Check no one let, talks let me, about let me, it. Let me read this. On the morning of April 16, 2013, a team of gunmen using rifles opened fire on the Metcalf transmission substation, severely damaging 17 transformers. And, and it, they said it was sophisticated. And the, what was the reason for them doing it? It was a, it was a test to see if they could take it down. And the thing is, you don't have to take down, you know, there's, there's thousands of these stations, but there's critical nodes and if you take down, you know, 10 or 12 critical nodes, you can take the whole grid down. And the worst thing is, without getting into too much details, you need to watch a documentary. Grid Down Power Up explains this 100 times better than what I'm going to do in the next 30 seconds. But you do a coordinated attack on the grid. It could be a cyber attack. It could be solar flares. If there's a surge in the grid, it destroys these transformers, these big giant devices. And it takes you months to replace a few of them. If a lot of them are destroyed, the electric grid is down for a year under good conditions or more. And we've known about this, and there's five different ways this could happen. Cyber attack, physical attack, solar flares, electromagnetic pulse. I'm forgetting the fifth. Again, watch this documentary, 
grid down power up. Our grid is highly vulnerable. It's our Achilles heel. If North Korea wants to destroy the United States, they can do it. They got an ICBM that can reach here. They do not need a lot of nuclear weapons. They don't need accuracy at all. Well, one or two high in the atmosphere over the U.S., and you destroy our electric system. The electromagnetic pulse destroys our system for over a year. For the whole country? For the whole country. For what, most of the United States. I don't. North Korea has weapons that can do that. Yep, they're low yield. See, their nuclear weapons have all kinds of effects: thermal radiation, A alpha radiation, beta. They're optimized to do maximum EMP yield. The Russians work with them to do that, wow. and this has been published. Open source, it was intelligence agencies, but they published open source saying that the Russians helped North Korea develop their nuclear weapons for maximum EMP effect. Because North Korea is never going to build, you know, a first strike capability on our huge nuclear but, system. But they only need one or two inaccurate high in the atmosphere explosions over the U.S. And it grid is down for over a year. And in that time, according to a congressional study, you know, led by a former CIA director, a former Navy admiral, their estimate was that when this happens, you could lose 90% of the U.S. population. There's no economic production. There's no gas flowing. There is no municipal water systems. Well, You'll have yeah, no we'll, water in this house. We will. No, you won't. Yeah, we will. You're on a municipal water no, system. No, we're not. Okay, you may. Yeah, see, see, we've, I'm sorry, I thought you were prepared. still in the city here. We are not. No, are you, are you well, kidding? You, we got to climb a mountain to get here. 90% of Americans <laughs> are in cities or suburbs. They'll have no municipal Every, water system. And you'll true. die in that 90 Every, years from the, either from starving to death or from people going out stealing for food and morale. Every Everybody who comes here. They're like, I had to drive up a strange winding mountain road to get here. We're elevated several hundred feet. F like we're up a mountain and we have well water and two local water sources. Now for the new place we're setting up, we actually have a, we have a ton of backup power. And here we have, we have miniature solar here. So we have this big, massive battery. And then we have a bunch of really small batteries that are portable. And then they have solar panels that you actually have to physically lay out and position properly. Mm -hmm. Not easy to do. At the other, uh, the new property we're setting up, we have installed professional solar with a ridiculous amount of backup batteries. So the amount of power generated from the sun exceeds the amount that the ba uh, the, uh, the, the batteries drain. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're operating through the day, only at night does it power down, but then it immediately goes back to full as soon as the sun comes up. Not perfect. Absolutely not perfect. I'd probably be comfortable if I use one of the streams to create a water wheel power generator of some source or just a bike, uh, some kind of way to get power. Because you, you are half correct. We, we wouldn't lose water because we're not on municipal water, but we need electricity for our pump. Mm -hmm. So otherwise, we're manually pumping water. But worst case scenario is we do what they did in the olden days, and we either carry bales of water up the hill, which we can do, or we, we, we build a pump or dig a well or something. I think uh, the, me and the people here, we've been reading so much about this stuff nonstop for the past three or four years, five years, heck, 10 years, that... Uh, Look, we've been saying on this show, get chickens, get get some small goats, some uh, what the the Nigerian dwarf goats or whatever, get something, get away from the cities. I've had a lot of people message saying they moved out of the city. They they got they're they're on well water. They're, they're more sustainable. Out. They've got chickens. Hey, I'll tell you what, if these people who are attacking the power substations succeed, because we've been seeing reports of it all over the country, or North Korea fires an EMP, what you're saying makes the most sense. You want to win a war. You don't want you don't, you don't need to wipe a city out with massive destructive force. That's a waste of energy. That's 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 a lack of strategy. One EMP disables your opponent, and then you've won. So what will the people in the cities do? Yeah, you're right. 
they're going to have no water. How many days until they start eating each other and drinking each other's blood? And again, the, the marauder threat is something you've got to be prepared for because if you can't defend your preparations and your facilities, the people who aren't prepared, which is the vast majority, will come and take your supplies and your solar systems and all that. That's right. But I, you know, I'm just mentioning a couple threats. We actually track 50 of them, and I'm not sure which one is the worst, but the one that right now is sounding the most alarm bells for us is H5N1 avian flu because it mutated last year. It's not the same virus. And it's wrong to call it bird flu. It's now bird and mammal flu. That virus is mutating and spreading amongst mammal populations, minks, sea lions, lots of different mammal let me, populations. Let me pull up this story. We have this from CNN World. Explosion of sea, <clears throat> excuse me, explosion of sea lion deaths in Peru amid deadly bird flu outbreak. So now, what are they saying? Thousands of sea lions in Peru have died amid an outbreak of bird flu. Bird flu is not only passing to mammals, it's passing into many other mammals. Yep. This is a 60% mortality rate. I'm sure the most conspiracy-minded individuals are thinking that it was all intentional. But I've got to say, guys, if you think that they took bird flu and then did gain-of-function research to make it transmissible among mammals, I have to say, you're completely right. From science.org, controversial experiments that could make bird flu more risky poised to resume. Two gain-of-function projects halted more than four years ago have passed new U.S. review processes. So uh, in February of 2019, and we, we have mentioned this before, they began working on H5N1 to make it transmissible among mammals. Now, why would you go and do that? And now it is bouncing around mammals, and it does have a 60% mortality rate. That's correct. They actually did it the first time back in 2011. Uh, they did it, and uh, for a while they tried to stop publishing it, but they en ultimately ended up letting letting them publish. And I'll explain why they do it, why the government does it. I just don't want your bloggers to take my head off for defending them. But this is why the government You're going to take says, your head off no matter what. I know. This is why there. the government does gain-of-function research. They do it with this reasoning. Hey, hey, eventually H5N1 will mutate to become human-human transmissible. It'll happen naturally. And biologists have said that, and they're right. It happens all the time. Virus is always mutating. So they say, what we're going to do is we're going to speed it up in the lab. We're going to develop a human-to-human -human contagious or mammal-to-mammal -mammal contagious version. Now, once we've got this in the lab, we'll keep it in the lab, and we'll develop vaccines. So when the natural happens, we'll prepare. That's their argument for doing it. But the problem here is back in 2011, I don't care if they do that at Fort Detrick, which, by the way, isn't too far from you. And, you know, if the Army's doing biological research for defensive reasons, I'm for that. But when they released it and published how you do it so that anyone from Al-Qaeda to North Korea to Syria, you name it, I could do it. I've got the knowledge. It's low-tech way to do it. And you publish results. Now you've just increased our odds of any nutcase doing it and then releasing it. So it's happening naturally, but the threat is not low. That's, that's what I've been arguing here. The threat is not low because a natural mutation may occur. The threat is high because it has mutated. It is now spreading amongst mammals. It started with minks last year. Sea lions, other things may be spreading now. Uh, but they're not the only threat. You could deliberately do it in a lab. You could deliberately they do did. it a low-tech way in the basement. I'm saying bad guys could be doing it now, too, because we've published how to do it. It's very well known. So to me, it's inevitable. Biologists have used that word in congressional testimony, warning Congress, we must be ready for avian 
flu, H5N1, to be spreading amongst humans. They've been warning Congress for a decade now. Has anything been done? Not a damn thing. What can they do? Just like that, there's a lot of things they do. One thing they do, the first thing is just warn people. Don't have the CDC saying, oh, it's low risk. It's not low risk. All kinds of medical groups are saying, watch out, it's coming. The probability of a pandemic has gone up, but the CDC, keeps the Center for Disease Control, keeps saying it's low, and it's not. And the CDC is not giving an honest warning about it. The threat is up a lot because it's now mutated and it's now spreading amongst mammal populations, which means as that virus mutates, it's far more likely when it's mutating amongst sea lions or ferrets or mink to now become human, human transmissible. So the risk is up. It is not still low risk like they've been saying. Can you calculate that risk? No, you can't. You can't put a number to it. But that's why the CDC absolutely cannot say it's low risk. It's an unknown risk. I think it could be very high probability. It could be 50% it's going to happen this year, 75%. CDC cannot know that. So why are they announcing it's low risk to humans when you cannot know that risk? Without going into great detail, let me just say, I think the people who uh, watch this show, I think myself personally, I'm, I'm pretty sure the other people in the room, have very little faith in the CDC for a variety of reasons. Yeah, the CDC wants to prevent panic one yep, which is why they'll say don't worry about it secondly when it comes to covid the way they handle covid they did not talk about prophylactic measures they never really talked about prevention they well, talked about how to deal with it once it already hits i don't want to inject the thing or do the thing where's the I, vitamin I wanna, d i don't want to deviate from the bird flu well subject. this is why i think we haven't heard about how to prevent right, and right, prepare right. for how to heal from this stuff before it gets you because with, I, I, if the methodology is let's heal it once it strikes I think the CDC is completely inept or malicious, and they're incapable of properly advising. It was so bad that Steven Crowder got multiple strikes. And it's not just them. It's, you know, the big tech industry. Uh, Steven Crowder got, I think, two strikes on YouTube for talking about what the CDC was saying. That's how insane the whole thing is. So, generally so let, me, let me just say about all of this, I don't think anyone is going to give us an honest assessment of what this is and what might happen. But I will say, I do believe, based on what we've already seen, well, I, I should say this. The news has reported the gain-of-function research to make bird flu transmissible among mammals happened a decade ago, mm -hmm. and they kept doing it. And how? And, and now that D, the, the Department of Energy and the FBI are saying lab leak, how hard would it be for this to leak from a lab accidents happen or worse still as you mentioned bad guys can do it very easily sure and bad guys can take it out of a lab very easily they should not be doing these things we've been warning people our members we've been putting on our newsletter you need to be prepared because you know, there's so many ways this could happen if i were putin you know a ruthless guy not doing well in the ukraine war and the u.s and west european providing so much support if he releases clandestinely so you can't even punish him for it he releases a virus like avian flu human human transmissible over here we are not going to be supporting ukraine we're going to be struggling to survive losing tens perhaps hundreds of millions of people over here we're not helping Ukraine. He now has a free reign there. And if he's developed the virus, he may already have the vaccine developed. So he can give it to Russian people he wants to survive. And for the rest of the world, they suffer the worst pandemic, the worst disaster in human history. What are some prophylactic measures that people can take to protect themselves there from H5? There are none. Masks aren't going to work. The only thing you can do is you have to stay away from people until the virus plays out. Now, here's this is a bad news, good news. The good news is when you have a virus that's lethal, 
it's going to kill people. 60% lethal, it's going to kill people so massively, people are going to immediately isolate for long periods of time, and the virus will die out fairly quickly. The virus is, it's, it's not good for a virus to have super high lethality because you end up killing off your virus. You can't survive. Well, we, if it's low level like COVID or flu, you keep, you keep spreading it all the time. This you will not. You will have to be isolated for at least months, perhaps over a year. So you've got to have food and the ability to defend your food, which is the other reason why there's no warning of this coming out. If you warn about a collapse, you have to warn about marauder threats. It happened in Katrina. It's certainly going to happen if the grid is down and there's I, no food production. It's going to well, happen. You've got to have guns. Well, I talk about and this. And the government is not going to tell people, hey, you need to have a lot of guns. And by the way, assault rifles and those high-capacity magazines, Standard that's capacity. what you need whoa, if you're going to defend whoa, whoa. against marauders. No, no, no. Don't, don't uh, misinterpret. He said assault rifle with high-capacity magazines. We're talking fully automatic select fire with 100-round drums or something of that and nature. And he said, yeah. Yes. He said rifles with an S, so multiple. That's right. More than one. Now, if you want to mention something like a standard semi-auto, standard capacity, we're talking about an AR-15 with 30-round magazines. That's not what he said. He said, "Well, you can't even buy those in Colorado. Those are illegal clips in Colorado. So you buy them in Nebraska, elsewhere, and bring them." And then in a marauder situation, they come in illegally with them, and like what? I think what he was saying is like a 50 BMG, um, you know, mounted. Uh, uh, butterfly trigger on, yeah, on top of a tower that was built on your property, and everybody needs was, a Toyota with a fifty. Well, let me let me let me let me know what you think about this. I was thinking auto defense turrets. You know, we'll build big towers, and then we'll have on them just sentry turrets that you know sweep left and right, and then at a certain time they will go into you know full defense mode, and if you uh you know. Bring it, you know. I, I wouldn't recommend that. I'd just use, you know, I would. people with weapons is, is the low-cost, smart way to do that. But you need a lot of people to defend yourself in a collapse, and you need assault rifles and high-capacity clips because there could be marauder groups that have 50, 100 people in them. We, yep. got, we got 2 million Americans in jail. If the electric grid goes down, are you going to keep 2 million people in no, jail? No, 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 they're going to come we, out. We, we talk, they're not. They're, they're going to stay, and they're going to use the prisons as fortresses. and, and They not, need food. There's not enough food of course, to keep them going. They're going to have to go out and get it. Or and they're, they're going to send out scouting them. parties who come back to the prisons because the prisons are fortified and armed, and you're not breaking in, and they can control. Like I think real, No one's raiding a prison. The and prisons the, will be raiding well, no, more Well, no, realistically, the, the people will be locked in their cells, and they'll be left, and No, because when the, power, no, when the power goes off, the shell's open. The automa- the, That's the, a the horrible the cell manufacturing automa- error. If they if they can't well, leave what the happens locked. if the power goes off and there's no one there? The, you'll have pay, you'll have people dying. In well, their Katrina, cells. That, that, that happened in yeah, they, Katrina. Well, plus you, got a, plus you have open. a million they, gang they members who are already they closed. Out. Yes, their door is locked. I thought they stayed. I thought they automatically opened. My but bed. it doesn't matter when the when when the system breaks. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to go in from the outside, and they're, they're going to have friends and family who are in prison. And they are going to take that whole place over, and it is a fortress. I doubt it. And it's Maybe also the most. Term. It's also the most aggressive people in society. I feel like they'll all be dead within a week in a situation. Why would they like be that? dead? Because no. the doors lock and they all just starve. All the guards no. leave. You're no acting like people there. in jail have no family. What are they going? How are they going to get in the building? They're I mean, going to drive a, their a truck hundred miles an hour and slam into a wall, sh- it's smashing concrete. it. To- it's like eight, eight, eight feet wide Dude, concrete layers. Prisons of have fences. Offensive. 
and and there's gonna be prison guards who are gonna be like, here's the key, and they're gonna run and leave. Oh, if the, it, I think of, all the guards would bail. Of these yeah. two yes. million people None in the, jail, about a million were in there for you know drug charges. They're right. not really that bad of people, so no, they're not gonna be killed off or left there yeah, to die. They're gonna get out, and they're completely unprepared. Maybe they'll base out of the prison, but they have absolutely. no preparations. That means they're so gonna, they're gonna have to be marauders. They, a million people in gangs are already. But you're indicating like why we would lock them in the cell and leave them there to die because they would otherwise turn into marauders. I'm just trying no. to say there's a, there's millions of Americans who are going to be marauders. At a minimum, yeah. you got two million in prison and a million gang members. But normal people, when they're told, you know, stay at home, all government can tell you to do to collapse is go home, stay home. Well, for most people, that's a death sentence. So after you start starving to death, are you going to stay at home and quietly, politely die? Are you going to go out and steal food to keep your family alive? I'm, I'm You're going to go steal. I'm saying we're going to go outside one day and there's going to be some dude with suspenders and a flannel shirt and a handlebar mustache. And we're going to hear the chickens squawking. And we're going to walk outside with a you know, lever action rifle and be like, hey, and there's going to be some New York hipster being like, I'm so hungry. And he's going to try and run away with the chicken. I, you, you know, you get to that point, honestly, it's, I mean, it gets re, it's the ugliness, lev, the level of ugliness that happens with the, the type of scenario that we're talking about. You're not, you, we can't really actually articulate it properly on YouTube because you'll get booted. Like someone coming on your, if you've got chickens and there's someone messing around with your chickens and you've, you're three months into a global collapse, shoot on sight. Oh, 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 Always dead. Like drop them. Watch the last, the season finale of The Last of Us from last night. If you really want to understand what, what, uh, what it means watch a video from syria the, I, I understand the last of us is fictional but if you want to understand what will happen when the when the collapse happens just watch that episode i don't want to spoil it because it literally just came out last night and people are gonna be like, don't spoil it but uh watch what the good guys do there are no good guys that's the point yeah you will be like my god because when it comes to protecting those yourself and those you care about the guy who comes onto your property for chickens, he's 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 he he pulls up in his truck and he's got his starving ten year old daughter and he says, "Don't worry, honey, I'm getting you food." And then him and his his brother and his kid and his son are like, "We have to do this or we die." And then they sneak around your property and then you're in your house going, "I see people outside with guns. Don't worry, honey, I'm gonna protect us." And then you kill each other. You there's no good guys. There's no bad guys there. I'm not going to die. And if I have to kill you to do it, that's what these people are thinking. Look, you you can tell the 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 serious people by the ones that have like people impaled on spikes in their yard like that's it gets real real brutal real real fast have you seen uh i think what is it uh either it's i think this was in yellowstone actually in in yellowstone it might have been a flashback or it might have been 1883 i think it was yellowstone they catch cattle thieves and he kills them and then one one guy who's mortally injured he puts a rope on his neck and then pulls him hoists him up to hang him and they write in blood, cattle thieves. Yeah. Because it was like, anybody who sees this knows what happens. Yeah. It's crazy to think that back in the day, like, they would kill a group of men mercilessly like, and brutally and then leave their rotting corpses for everyone to see for taking cattle. Because taking the cattle meant you die in the yeah. winter. So they were like, nope, no games. Yep, Horse no thieves. games. 
What, That's you, right. You were a uh, retired colonel? So, yes. So you've seen, I mean, I don't know, you, did you ever experience battle? Did you? I've been to Iraq. I mean, I'm Air Force, so not at the pointy end of the spear, more on the receiving ends of mortar rounds and stuff. But, you know, you don't have to go to Iraq. You could see it in Katrina. You know, you could see how people panicked and would steal and were looting and were taking advantage of stuff. And, again, I'm not just, I'm not, I wouldn't blame someone. If they're starving to death trying to protect their family or keep them alive, they're going to go out and steal and try to survive. So you have to deal with the marauder threat. And the probability of collapse is going up. Things like H5N1, our vulnerable electric system, and then new technologies. I mean, Elon Musk warns about artificial intelligence about every other week or two. You know, he provides you a warning on that. There are a lot of new technologies in our economy with its fragileness to cyber attack. There's so many ways. As I said, we track 50 different trigger events, any one of which could lead to a collapse. Or it could be nothing. It could be something like, you know, in the United Kingdom in 2011, in London, one night, there's some altercation started with police. There was violence. It spread all over London. And the next yeah. day, yeah. they woke up and they said, what in the hell was that? Thank God it's over. And then the next night, it started again in London, and it spread all over the United Kingdom, all the major cities. People were killed defending their businesses. It was a collapse going on, loss of law and order, widespread, and there was no trigger event. So after the next election, Ray Dalio, you know, perhaps one of the smartest men alive in the U.S. today, the founder CEO of Bridgewater, the most biggest, most successful hedge fund, he's estimated we've got a 30% of civil war, civil unrest, massive violence after our next presidential election because we are so divided and so split that any possible issue in that election or people just not wanting to accept the result you could have violence break out and it can spiral out of control. I know, I know this is something that that our that you know viewers of this show hear all the time but really you need to purchase firearms ammunition and get training. You yeah. need to know how to use firearms and ammunition. You know how to load magazines, how to clear uh, stoppages, malfunctions, and stuff like that. When you go to a, a firearms class, they're not teaching you safety stuff. The safety stuff is very, very basic. You go over that, and it only takes a little while. They're teaching you how to fix your gun if there's a problem when you're in a gunfight. And, and people should learn how to do that. Not just that. When the, If slash when a collapse happens, people from the cities, many of them will lose their thumbs. And I'm talking like, I have to imagine, I mean, a, a massive percentage of them. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen people hold a gun wrong. And it's scary yep. when you go to a range and someone's giving instruction and the first thing someone does is pick up the gun and put their hand over the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you, and they stop. Never do that again. I've seen people actually get ready to shoot after being told not to do it and still put their hand over the back of the gun. Like, do you want to have your thumb get ripped off? You were told not to do that. I have seen people, I mean, there's viral videos of this where a guy's in a range. You can look at the video up and then he's like, he shoots and then he takes the gun and then he like waves it around and they tackle him. These people don't get it. It's like you, you can, you need to have basic understanding of this stuff, but some people just don't get it. 
It's going to get bad. I have to imagine New York City is going to be the last place on the planet anyone's going to want to be if the system does collapse. Well, well they won't stay there. They'll, they'll leave and they'll end up going to the areas all around New York City if they can get out. It'll, it'll, so. it'll, you want to, I, don't, I don't know if you can call it civil war, but it will be, if a collapse happens in the first three days, the entire New York metro will be riots, ransacking, shootings, murders. Yep. I think a lot of people will be trapped in their houses. Mm-hmm. And then after a, after a half a day when they're desperately thirsty and there's no water... One, one person's going to be like, we need to find water, man. There ain't going to be any water anywhere. So they're going to go outside, and then someone's going to walk up, shoot them, and take whatever they can. Or they'll just get hit by a sniper. Like, they'll walk outside, and bang, and they'll be down. Like, kind no, of, you, after three days of fortification in a chaos situation, people are waiting, snipers. watching. Snipers, there's no reason. Maybe no, they'll walk up to you because they don't want to expose their body to other sniper fire. Like, it's going to be about hiding in buildings and shooting no, out windows and no, stuff. No, because what? Why because you stand they, outside? Why would you shoot someone? Why would you sit in the why building the just to shoot people for, like, if you, if you can't go out there and, like, collect their stuff? What, what's the point yeah, of you, just you shooting them? You wouldn't you're going to expose yourself because you're going to make a lot of noise. You're going to draw attention to yourself. No, 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 stop, and stop, people stop. Know I guess you would you, wait stop. and see if they had anything on them. No, you wouldn't waste ammo. But if someone goes outside to look for stuff, likely someone will rob them to try and go raid there. Or, or, or more importantly, you'll lock your door in your apartment and be like, we can't go outside. And then all of a sudden you hear bangs and then you're like, what's happening? And then you hear a, 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 loud, a loud bang. The first, the first bang was the door being kicked open. The second bang was the person who lived there being killed as the people ransacked to steal their chef Boyardee because they're not going to die. And there are people in cities who have guns. And the people in cities who have guns are the people who don't follow the law. I don't even know how to talk about what, how people in a city can defend themselves in that situation. Is that even a viable conversation? Nope. No, you need to get out of a city. Even a big suburban area, you won't survive a long collapse there. You got to get out. You have no water, you can't raise food, and there's just too many bad people around. You need to get out. Yep, you're you're in trouble. If, if the power grid goes down, like I said, it's something around 10% of the population will survive after a year. Because, I mean, a bunch of people that are, you know, a, a significant portion of the population is going to die just because they don't get the medication that they need. And Diabetes, that, you're gone. If you have if you have any kind of uh, any kind of heart medication, whatever, you're gone. Yeah, if and you, government regulations prevent us from stockpiling that kind yeah. of stuff. The government is the biggest barrier to preparation, all the regulations and rules. They're outlawing wood stoves. Yep. Wood stoves is army and industry. Yes, we got <laughs> solar, but Unreal. if we're going to heat and we're going to cook meals, we need wood stoves. We got wood stoves. They're outlawed in a lot a, of areas. You can make one with a tin can. Not a really you know, good one. And you want a lot of efficiency and capacity one. one I, made, I, made a, I made the point uh, a few months ago that one of the benefits we have as a civil, as, as, as civilized society is the, I would just say, passive knowledge. That is, we know smelting ore is a thing. We don't really know how to do it. I mean, I don't. But just, just the knowledge of its existence means... That in the event of a collapse, we could eventually start trying to work out how this thing had been done. Whereas thousands of years ago, before the discovery of, you know, certain technologies, they didn't know, they, they, they couldn't even begin to try and find things because they didn't know it existed, right? Well, that's a good side. And that's literally what the they would bad do. side is, you know, when the grid's down and you're back to the 1800s, most Americans can't survive in the 1800s. Well, no, so they no, don't no. have the skills to do my, it. My so. point is, I think... So I'm, I made this point, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of like weird left-wing channels were like, Tim Pool thinks he can blacksmith. And I was like, my point was that I can't. My point was that none of us can. My point is that something is so basic as taking a rock, heating it up, and making metals that's been done for thousands of years, the average person has no comprehension okay. of. 
We know it exists so we can maybe after a few years figure it out. But my point is like, I think the people who watch this show, the people who are aware of this already are likely the people who would survive. Likely, not everybody. We're talking about 10% of the population and when the power goes out, I'm willing to bet that it's 95% of people who watch shows like this. Well, you, you got to have a lot of people to do this. If you're going to survive in a remote area with marauders around, you have to have a lot of guards on duty at once. And I don't mean two guards. That's not a lot of guards. If you've got you know 30 people and you're hiding out in some rural area and you got two guards on duty at night, that means the two of us can take you out. Because all we do is we watch you clandestinely. We figure out you got two gods. We know where you are. We set up our shots. 2.30 or 3 in the morning on the walkie-talkies. You got your guy? Yep, I'm ready. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We shoot at the same time. Your two guards are now dead. Did someone inside hear our gunshot? They might have, but 2.30 in the morning, they wake up. They heard a noise. Do they hear anything else now? It's completely quiet. They go back to bed. So the other 28 people are sleeping inside. Two of us go in. If you're lucky, we just steal stuff. If you're not lucky, these marauders now kill you while you're sleeping. Let me, you need a lot of guards. You need a lot of discipline and system. That's why Fortied Ranch is set up to have a lot of guards on duty. A lot, everyone, all our members have weapons. The number and, the, and we can defend ourselves. But a typical person, he says, oh, I'm going to build a little house somewhere and my family will come and we'll survive. You might survive the first month or two, but after the the easy targets are gone and marauders are going elsewhere and everyone's left New York City and they're all out in the rural areas looking for food, they'll get you. So I was uh, this this past weekend hanging out at the casino and uh, the conversation of The Last of Us comes up, the TV show. And this one guy, it was one of the funniest things ever. So uh, someone, the, the issue of Mario Brothers comes up because a guy has a little Mario Brothers toy. Uh, and then I mentioned that the Mushroom Kingdom people, like Toad, are cordyceps-infected humans because the fungus is growing out of their head. It's a joke. And then uh, uh, some guy's like, hey, have you seen The Last of Us? That show's really great. And I was like, yeah, I actually really enjoy it. And then he looks around the table and goes, except for that one episode. And then everyone starts going like, yup. And see, the thing is, you're not allowed to talk politics when you're at the casino at the tables because they don't want any animosity. But there's an episode where there's a lot of gay sex in it. And so, but everyone immediately <laughs> is talking about it. Now, the reason I bring it up in this context is the guy then says, I don't understand why movies and shows keep doing this stuff. To me, it was actually astounding to hear because I've been talking about it for 10 years, why we're seeing more and more of this. The reason I bring it up is not to rehash any kind of wokeness, but to point out regular people have no idea what the is going on at all. And I don't blame the guy. He's just some dude who probably works his job. Then he goes and watches TV shows with the wife, hangs out on the weekend at the casino, and is confused. That's why he's seeing gay sex in a TV show. Me, I'm like, oh, I told him Hollywood has, is threatened to withhold tax credits from companies unless they put this stuff in. He didn't know that. I think the people who are watching shows like this are the people who probably will survive. Not every single one of you. Sorry. Because I think that would be absurd to say 100% of the Timcast audience will make it. I don't know, but a, a large proportion, a large portion. Because so many of these people who watch have already said, I've moved away from cities, I've gotten chickens, I've tried to be more self-sufficient and more self-sustainable. That's the kind of attitude you need if you're going to make it. Now, if you really want to guarantee you make it, you just go full prepper. Because the preppers are going to be the one who are laughing in the end. They got nothing to worry about. They got three years worth of beans, you know, frozen or whatever in a sub-basement. The rest of the people in the cities... I don't know, a couple days they'll be drinking blood. I'm, I'm not even kidding. There's, you can't drink this. In, in New York, what's your water supply? If you know where to look, there's actually a creek that goes under the city 
And there's this video where a guy hops over like a six foot wall into a space between a building. And he says they've preserved this stream that used to be here. Okay, great. You got some really dirty and disgusting fresh water. Good Might luck. Might as well drink the Hudson. Better than the salt water, I guess. No, most people are going to be thirsty. And when all the water's gone, and so first of all, the water pumps aren't going to work. Mm-hmm. A lot of the water pressure comes naturally because the, the water comes from an elevated source. So I think up to like, I think New York has a few stories of water pressure, interestingly. But all that's going to fail because it requires systems and maintenance and a one water main breaks. Nobody's paying attention to it. No one's working on it. Water shuts down very, very quickly. I think within a few days, water stops working. Then bottled water is gone. Gatorade is gone. Whatever, whatever drinks people have, those are dehydrating you. They're not hydrating you. The sugary drinks, that's all gone within a matter of a few days, not being replenished. Then someone finally says, I'm thirsty. Many of these people start leaving. Shooting starts happening. People are, are, are starting to get hungry or not. The food's going away. And a lot of it's spoiling. I would say within a few days, people are drinking blood because there's nothing else to drink. There's no water. What do you do? People are going to become very, very desperate. You'll die within a week with no water. So they'll start walking. But how, how far can you walk out of New York before you find water? You're not going to find water. The average person will not do it. Some people will. Don't get me wrong. Some people are smart. They'll follow an animal. That's one of the things they do. You, uh, what, they, what they say you do is this. If you find a wild animal, you capture it and, and make it wait for a little while. I think I, I think I learned this on Joe Rogan. Then you release it and chase it down and it will, it will immediately go to a, its, its known water source. I think he was talking about how they find water in Africa. They, yeah. ca- they catch a baboon and tie it up. Yeah, baboons. Once it gets really dehydrated, they let it go because they have a secret water source. Mm-hmm. And then it'll run full speed and you just follow it to the water source. Some people are smart enough because they watch, they listen to Joe Rogan. They'll know how to do that. The average person is going to go wandering around going, does anybody have any water? Does anybody have any water? It's going to be brutal. Buy guns and ammunition. Get out of cities. I mean, you can do a lot. Fix the fucking world, man. Like, I'm not satisfied leaving the world shittier than it was when I was born. That's, that's That's not the issue, Ian. The issue is the world is an imperfect machine. I know, There's, but I just saw you smiling when you were saying like how bad it's gonna get you. I, like I saw the smile on your face. It's not good. Oh come on, like, man, that's disgusting. I'm not bad. At, oh, I'm so happy. That, that's that's ridiculous that you would imply well, that. Well, you talk about like how fun it'll be to live in a van down by the river. Like it's not good. That stuff's bad. It's bad. I'm talking about enjoying rolling up my sleeves for a hard day's work and getting away from all this <laughs> stuff. I'm not talking about anything good that comes from people killing each other to drink each other's blood. A good thing that's trying the to be done. Scenario. A good thing that's trying to be done is that documentary I talked about grid down power up. It's not just a documentary about how bad and vulnerable electric system. David Tice, the producer of it, he talks he's got a movement going to try to get people to pressure the politicians and the utility companies to harden our electric grid. We can harden our electric grid. It's not hard to do. It's really not that expensive yet. Some billions of dollars, but compared to the the consequences, it's cheap to harden it. So grid down power up is all about trying to get that done to get people to fix one of our biggest vulnerabilities or got our electric system. As for pandemics, you can't stop H5N1 natural mutations. Uh, I think our intelligence community probably has been successful in stopping a lot of terrorists doing it. And I'm not going to get details. I don't know them. I could speculate You're- that was my career. But I think I suspect there have been people trying to re- to release H5N1 human human contagious viruses. And our intelligence community around the world, they're very good at finding people like that 
So we may have already shut some down. So government may be doing some good in that regard. But you're not going to stop this forever. You're going to have to deal with an H5N1 pandemic, and we should be preparing for it, which means huge stockpiles of food should be around. Stockpiles of water, the ability to operate when when bad things happen. That's what we should be working for. You know, well, the government's got it for them. They've got Mount Weather, Side R, Raven Rock, all these great facilities to keep the top government officials alive. And they ought to be warning the public there are some bad things coming. We can't stop all of it. You need to prepare to survive a collapse. And they're let not me, doing that. Let they're me, dishonest. I'll tell you, when and I, I know everybody's heard me say it a couple times, but when I started promoting safeandreadymeals.com, emergency food stuff, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic, the market's collapsing, and a whole bunch of corporate press leftist publications started making fun of the idea, how stupid are you to buy emergency food? How embarrassing. And I'm just going to be like... They're not doing that anymore. This was in the wall. This is in the Washington Post. Oh wow! In the Look last at that. few months, <laughs> the preppers were right. This was in the Washington Post, Bloomberg News, kind of you know left leaning perhaps media. They've admitted the preppers were right all along. By the way, this is the picture on the front page. That's Fort Hood Ranch, West Virginia. They showed our facility. Oh, yeah. We got that. no credit for it. They didn't list that this is Fort Hood Ranch, West Virginia. And the thing but people don't know, prepping too. Prepping is recognized as being good, but still the government isn't coming out saying H5N1 is a threat. You need to be prepared. And one of the reasons they don't want to do it is they don't want people buying guns, which you absolutely have to have, and especially military-capable guns, with large clips because you've got to deal with marauder threats. So they're not being honest, but even the, even the left recognizing that you do need to be prepared. It was funny when the pandemic was starting and a bunch of liberals were lining up outside of gun stores and there was a viral video of a guy. He said, he, he, he was saying something like, stop coming to me and getting mad that I can't sell you a gun. You voted for these laws. So these California liberals walk in and they try to buy a gun. He'd be like, okay, come back in a week and I'll let you know. And they go, what do you mean? I need a gun now. And he goes, well, you can't have one. No. You voted for this. It's what you wanted. Now you don't get one. Get a long gun chambered in 5.56. Get nine. Get a handgun in 9 millimeter. These are the most common calibers in the country. You need to use, know how to use these things. Go to tr go get training. Get food. This is not. It's not super difficult to do these things, and it's not super expensive either. But it's been it's been a long time that a lot of people have been talking about the possibility of significant consequences or some kind of collapse or whatever. I know there was a bunch of people that bought their first firearm in 2020 during the summer of love and stuff. Get training, just go out and do it. You're never, you're not gonna regret it. It's gonna be a, you know, a couple afternoons or a couple days to get training. Just go out and do it. Someone said the judge, 45 Cal and 410, uh, and there's also the governor. I have the governor. Oh, yeah, fired that thing. Yeah, with Fort, it's a, what is it, Smith & Wesson, I think? Yeah. It's a, yeah, chambered 45, uh, uh, if you use the uh, the moon clips, I think it's they're yeah. called, that you can do a 45 ACP, 45 long, or a 410. Yeah. Shooting 410 out of that thing, pretty, pretty, so pretty crazy. Like the judge, the ability, it's my snake gun. You know, I got the yep. 410 shells that there's a snake, but you got the 45 if it's a marauder. <laughs> Earlier when I brought it up. I, or I, or four, four, they, have, they have 
buckshot with yeah. a slug behind it. The one other thing, I, I agree rounds. with your two, but shell, the third sorry. we use is the 12-gauge pump yeah. also, because yeah. especially if you're in your house or close quarters, and if, if you're not a good shot, and most yeah. people, you're going to be scared, you know, it's a lot, a lot Semi, easier to hit with a 12-gauge when you're shooting that than an AR. Also, but, but, guns but, can have flashlights right, now, put a, a flashlight semi, on it. A semi-automatic shotgun, I think, is is better. The mm -hmm. recoil on, on, a, on a pump shotgun is pretty intense. So a lot of people, when we would bring them to the range, they'd be like, I'll do the shotgun. It's like, that's actually going to hurt you the most. You're better mm -hmm. off doing something. We're trying know. to help people make it more affordable so you can get a pump. You know, Walmart's not selling them as much as they used to. You can still find some Walmarts that'll sell you a nice pump, you know, Browning or something for $180. You can get a Remington 870 for less than 200 bucks, And they've been making that thing over or, uh, the Mossberg 500, something like that. Those are pump shotguns. And there's, they're yeah. super, super reliable. Get these types of firearms have been around most. Most of them have been around for 70 or more years. Nine millimeters has been around for decades and decades. 556 has been around forever and ever and ever. Same thing with 45. These are not newfangled things. The operating systems of all your firearms that you're going to buy, they're 100 years old. They all, they're not. Yes. You can go and buy but these things, you know. While you still have the chance. Yeah. Might I recommend a Caltech KSG 25? <laughs> hey there. Holds 25 shotgun shells, two mag tubes, and it can switch between the two. Actually, uh, I, I don't want to give anyone any advice on any of this stuff. I'm just going to tell you, I have one of these, and the reason I think it's really good is not only can it hold uh, uh, 12 shells per magazine tube, the, the, the ability to switch between the two, you got 12 in each and then one, uh, uh, one round ready to go, is that you can put an all one side bird, one side buck. And so, or one rubber and one lethal. So you can flip the switch to the left and then you're all non-lethal and you can flip to the right and now you're lethal. So I think that that's actually, you know, tremendous versatility, but that's just me. 12 gauge is great. I like that thing a great. lot. Is that the one that Crowder purchased? No, no, no. That was a SIG M400. Wow. Talk about a beauty of a rifle. So, you know, I've got like a, a there's a local shop and I bought a mil spec 5.56 Air 15 and it's, it's nice. And then Crowder got me the SIG M400. And uh, it's just substantially better. You know, earlier I was kind of like, Tim, uh, so you're smiling. But like, I think I know that you want the best for people. But I, 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 I get concerned about the fantasy of this because I play a lot of video games. I have my whole life like, oh, yeah, survival games. And even like a genre now, it's really weird. Of like you're, you're searching through post-apocalyptic houses and stuff. It's disturbing to, to like to fan. I, I don't want the fantasy to ever like overcome reality and think like that would be. I'm preparing for that, so let's make that happen, kind of thing. I get what you're no. saying, but I think that we are at, at the very least the fact that we bring up the the low survivability rate, the the realistic scenario of one in ten people making it more than a year. I think at least we're 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 looking at it in a fairly sober kind of way because we aren't it's not like we're like oh man everything's gonna be great and it'll be cool we are talking about you know a death rate of 90 percent and that's a, that's um a vector so like you're gonna say five ten percent of the people will be left over after one year that's uh an angle on its way yeah. down so and you'll imagine there'll be many years, many less. Be less yeah might even be less than 10 percent of 10 yeah. percent after two years oh, i don't know and we'd like good people to be amongst that 10 percent, not mainly marauders but yep. you know back to the you know the moral issues you know we don't think we're going to get in a firefight at fortitude ranch because we have cleared lines of defense walls guard posts we're designed to be 
a survival facility. So Marauder Group's going to look at us, and they're going to see every one of our members outside is armed. That's a requirement in a collapse. You'll have your work with you. They're going to look at us, and they're going to say, uh-uh, I'm not attacking these folks. They'll leave us alone. So we won't get in a firefight. So we won't be putting our members in a position where they're shooting other people, hopefully. You'll do it with defensive prowess instead of heads on spikes? Correct. Absolutely defensive. You know, we're not an offensive militia. We defend our private property. We've got our farm animals. We've got our food stockpiles, our solar systems, propane generators. We've got everything we need. We don't, you know, we'll go out to hunt when it's safe uh, a little off our property, but we defend our property. And I don't think we'll be attacked because our defenses are so good, the marauders will go elsewhere. But Ian, why not both? Heads on spikes? Why not both? Only if they're skulls, because the the meaty the deg- skulls are inside. Yeah, but the meat. <laughs> what if you convert the body sick. of the marauder into a biofuel to run the generator? Only if the head can be on a well, spike out front, though. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I won't get into details of our operations manual. But, yeah, <laughs> if, a, if, if a marauder does attack us and they get killed, um, you Oops. know, we're probably going to bury their bodies with our tractors and wearing our chem bio suits in case there's a virus threat. We'll bury their bodies in a shallow grave where our chickens can benefit from the worms they produce. So Oof. we will put them to use to, to have maximum food production. I don't know if I would want to eat chickens or chicken eggs that came from them. It's the worms. The... It's the worms eating your flesh. They're perfectly Oof, fine. The circle of life. Do you take like one really Scary. big sniper tower? Do you have like one one really tall tower? Some I do. I, I don't want to give out our locations. One of our locations is have a very tall log tower. It's actually the tallest log building in the world. Uh, it's five wow. stories tall. Tall log tower. It's not, not West Virginia. Uh, but most of our places, no, we're not tie up. We tend to be like West Virginia or Tennessee location. We're in forests, and usually we're surrounded by public forests. So you can't do any really long-distance shooting. We're going to clear trees for lines of fire, but it'll be close. Which is the other reason why 12-gauge is fine. Yeah. Most of our shooting, I think, will be within 40 yards or so. But again, I don't think we'll have to do shooting at Fortitude Ranch because they'll see, you know, we'll have walls up. We'll be behind walls, guard posts. 100 people plus at every location with arms, they're not going to bother us. Because, again, if you get shot in a collapse, you know, there's no mass units, there's no helicopter evaluation, yeah, you're there's done. no hospitals, you're going to die. The only reason We have the, clinics. The marauders aren't going to have that. People don't understand uh, infection is so yeah. insanely serious that yeah. you get shot. It's not just like, well, I got shot. It's like, oh, no, you're likely going to get infected. You better get that out, get it cleaned, and get it taken care of Yeah, so you should stockpile antibiotics. Who's going to stop you from stockpiling antibiotics? The government. That's right. You, you can't do that. That's because you illegal. need a prescription. Yeah, you got to do it. And government government is the biggest barrier to prepping there is. It's horrible. Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? And if you like the work that we do and you want us to keep doing that work, go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member because uh, as we already saw with BuzzFeed, ad rates, ad revenue is dropping rather seriously. And, um, you know, I will say this, take care of yourself first and foremost. But if you have the means, and the capability and you like what we do, then I would ask you to become a member so that we can keep doing this as well. Because um, 
if it does get really bad in the coming months in terms of the financial crisis, well then, that's us. But you know what? I'm not going to be somebody who's going to tell you to prioritize us over anything you have to do. So make sure your money is going to take care of yourself, your friends, your family. And then if you actually have the capability and want to support us, then by all means do so. And uh, we'll make it work on our own. As I mentioned, part of me is like, I wouldn't mind getting a van and going living down by the river. But if you like what we do, then support our work. All right. I'm not your buddy guy. Always the first super chat says history repeats only faces and tech change. Summer of love was our crystal knocked. January 6th was our Reichstag. Socialists are on the march again with matching uniforms, symbols, and violent ideology. Yikes. Yeah. Oof. Sideway says, just learned today that my credit union has a DEI initiative. How worried should I be? I am uh, going to take a look into uh, our financial institutions. So we, we have a couple different that we, ones that we use. One of them is a very local one, which I am, have the most confidence in. So, all right, let's grab some more. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, the Capitol show was top. Def worth a second watch. More, please. And But of course, the SVB uh, bailout happened while still no bailout for the people of East Palestine, Ohio. No civil war. Yes, revolution. I agree. Yeah, I think we'll do more of the uh, congressional shows. The, the issue is uh, what Matt Gates was saying is that Friday morning at 10 a.m. was when everybody did their last vote and they immediately fly out and leave. Nobody wants to drive an hour out of D.C., then back, then get on a plane at midnight. But he convinced uh, Rep. Bishop to, to hang out. And so for us, it's like, dude, we will gladly take a drive down to the Capitol and do a show from congressional offices. That's amazing and fun. We'll just try and make sure the audio works next time. But because, uh, you know, two for two, two for two. But I, it, it wasn't that bad, actually. I, I watched it back and it was just like it was it was it was kind of weird. Something happened where the like we have the mics really close, mm-hmm. but it was like the mics were hypersensitive. Well, do you want me to explain what it was? What was it? Uh, for everyone that's, you know, giving me all this audio tips, like I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm not a professional. Um, we were running a line out into a mic in, so that extra 6 dBs was really difficult to deal with and just keeping the right oh, distance I see. from the microphone. We, well, then it, maybe it we worked sometimes, but the cloud it won't happen again. Needed to be pulled out or something. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Whatever. But it was fun. It was fun. So we'll definitely do more. And then apparently we made a bunch of news because Bannon said something about Elon. Elon fired back and whoo. All right. Raymond then says, Tim, these spot on guests lately. Are you a fed? I, 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 no, this is a thing that we've done consistently. For some reason, we have guests sometimes that just land perfectly in the news cycle. So we have Drew Miller, he, the CEO of a d- disaster preparedness recreational facility, basically like a prepper company, if I'm being a little bit crass, and scheduled to come on a day, literally the first day for news after major banking collapses and everyone's worried the financial system's going to implode. And they're like, did you plan this guy to be here and talk about this stuff? And it's like, Oh, it just, it just sort of happens, I guess. But also, I mean, look, to be honest, the uh, H5N1 stuff, that was we were talking about that a month ago, you know, and we're still here talking about this, this breaking update on it. So, you know. All right, we'll grab some more. Pat Meadows says every Tomahawk missile has 30 pounds of silver in it. So every time a missile is fired, that silver disappears by silver and super jets. That's right. Thank you. And also we have news on the uh, Discord so um, it is nearing completion. We are going to have active staff. We're running it. The idea is here. Here's the challenge we ran into. We don't. We don't want to get banned, but people will come and try and sabotage it. So what we're going to do is 
we 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 were at first advised to do a paywalled thing so that you know weirdos who want to sabotage you won't want to pay to get in. And then we're like, yeah, but that means like our regular members who can't afford it aren't going to be able to come in. So the idea is going to be if you're a member for at least six months of the website, if you already have that in your, in your track record or whatever, you're instantly in the uh, call-in suite. So we have like, as soon as you're a member, you get access to the basic lounge. After six months, the door opens for the VIP lounge where you can ask to do call-ins and talk on the show. Or if you're signing up as a new member, it's 25 bucks to instantly get access to that room. Because we didn't want to make it just paywalled, but we didn't want to have it so there was no no gate because then people will come in and screw with us. And then we're going to do an elite membership club thing that we're trying to figure out where it's like 100 bucks a month for a VIP room where we'll figure something out. I don't know. That, that just seems like a, a good idea because the, the 100 bucks a month one is going to be more, more like a club with more perks and benefits than just the lower tier rooms, like maybe even access to the club at the new coffee shop we're building, something all inclusive and community building and like something like that. But we'll figure it out. But um, we got we to gotta do all the, all the development for it. So it's, we've got to set it up so that it can integrate with the website. That stuff takes time. But I'm hearing good things about it being, being ready to go. So uh, at about 10.10, we're going to do a members only live portion of the show. At TimCast.com, it'll appear on the front page. There is a comment section where you can comment, but we're tr- we're building out the Discord so that you can chat in real time and, and we can talk. And then in that uncensored show, even pull in people to have you all talk on the show and ask the guest a question or ask us questions. I'm really excited for that. I think it'll be really, really interesting. So, but we're trying to figure it out. All right, let's grab some more. Michael says, Tim, you're wrong about kidney donors. They live a normal life just with one kidney. The donated kidney has a 15-year life expectancy, but it can last longer. I have a transplanted kidney and pancreas in October. It'll be three years. God bless. I appreciate it. So I think what I was trying to say is, it, right, if you're only on one kidney, there, my understanding is there's restrictions. You can't drink. There are certain things you got to be careful of. You've got to watch your diet, stuff like that. What the hell? This study shows that people who donate a kidney outlive the average population. What? 20 years after donating, 85% of kidney donors were still alive. Expected survival rate was 66%. I'm not sure. Could it but be I've read because the they're like, if you eat too much of this or drink, you <laughs> yeah. will die. And they go, okay, I'm going to be really healthy. Yeah. And then- it's self-selection bias. You can't donate unless you're in really good health. Right. Yeah. All right. Alessio DeMonte says the FDIC issue is that it can take up to three months. In the end, you will get up to $250,000 back. But how will you live in the meantime? That's tough. That's tough. Lukuva says this feels like government beginning to take over banks so they can start cutting people off who don't toe the line. No, that was probably a long time ago, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, 2008 was way worse, but we'll see. We'll see. The second and third biggest collapses happening back to back is kind of worrying. Sean Ryan says Credit Suisse is next to fall. Global market next. Do you want to look that up? Yeah. Are they've they? Been be... They've been troubled a long time. Yeah. That's scary. Whoa. Sim Burns says, Phil, I remember your Halo 3 MySpace multiplayer video of 15 to 0. You're still a Halo legend before anything else to me. Remember Reach and OG Bungie? Oh, God, I love Halo. (laughs) I love Halo. You ever play Destiny? I I literally was playing Destiny right before I left to come here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Lightfall is the new one that came out? Yeah. Really? I I played it when it first came out. I played it all through... until what was what was the last one I played the the one where the darkness finally got re- released. okay yeah which one was that uh that was no I don't I don't remember what it was called but there was they 
that was after they started doing the seasons and stuff. Yeah, it was the last one I played. Yeah, I I think it's still worth worth your time. I mean, it does get a little too grindy. Where Destiny it's just one was constantly, better. Constantly doing the uh, the daily grind and stuff like that. But. Destiny, I like Destiny one better because the PvP was all slide shotguns. Mm. You would just slide and then boom, shotgun, and you you you'd take them out. And then in Destiny 2, they're like, we're going to, like... Nerfed it. Yeah, nerf the shotguns and make it more about your primary. And then it's like, eh. Let's just play Overwatch, <laughs> well, there's, man. Well, now there's... And you can carry have three guns. And yeah. this one, apparently, the other one, you can only have two or something like that. No, you I can never, always have three. I never played yeah, Destiny 1. Light special. And, I, and it, it didn't make sense in part one why something was special and why something was primary. But now they've kind of Smooth figured out. that out. Yeah. And now heavy weapon ammo and stuff. I don't know. I haven't played part two in a while. But, you know, Destiny was a really good game. It sucks because in the beginning, there were fun things people discovered, and they got rid of it all. Mm. Like, you used to be able to go through walls using the Sparrow. And oh, now, really? Yeah, and there, was, there, mm. were, there, were, there were parts of the, of the game world they had made that they didn't open. And we would go into these discontinued areas that, like, didn't get released. And it was fun. And then they would warn you, like, we will ban your account if you keep doing this. And I was like, mm. do it then. You don't get my money. I don't care. But I'll make another one. It was fun. Now you can't do it anymore. It's such a bummer. I couldn't yeah. confirm anything about Credit Suisse except that its uh, shares are at an all-time low as of like 15 hours ago. Hillbillary Clinton says, Tim, start your own bank. I already give you a ton of uh, a ton of my money because I'm trying to fund the Timpire. I really do appreciate that. I think maybe uh, Jeremy Boring needs to create his own bank. The daily, the, the banking wire. That's a good name. The banking wire. Yeah. Like it's a good name. You know what I mean? The banking wire. Uh, or Jeremy's bank, I guess. I got to be honest, if, if Jeremy Boring started a bank right now, I would immediately <laughs> move all of our corporate stuff right into it. I don't know that he could. John Rich is, though. So I should definitely, we should definitely look into that. One thing I'm really interested in, though, is all local stuff. So there are some local banks that are just West Virginia banks that I'm really interested in, and we, we are working with one. I would much rather see all of the money. Here's, here's what I'm saying. When y'all give money to TimCast.com as a member, that money doesn't just like go into pockets. It gets spent in West Virginia and MAGA country. It means that the people who live out here are going to the grocery store where there's a guy waving a little Trump flag and they're handing him the $10 for the pack of beer. That guy now has money to buy other things. Basically, you, it is, it is, I, I want to build up local economy out here where the people are better. And I mentioned being in the casino because I go there all the time. And a guy asked, he's like, you from around here? And I'm like, no, I'm from Chicago, but I live here now. And he goes, oh, okay. And I was like, better people. And he goes, yeah. And you're, like I said, you're not, not, not allowed to talk politics at the poker table. And I was like, if you know what I mean. And he goes, I probably do. And I was like, I can't say exactly what I mean at the poker table, but I got an American flag at my house. And he's like, yup. Like, we all know exactly what we mean because there are some weirdo people who don't like American flags. That's like half the country at this point. Anyway, let's read some more. All right. This is a good one. P. Didel says, too woke to fail. Yep. Oh, here's a good one. Joshua Carlisle says PBD podcast pulled up FDIC balance sheet showing they only have enough to uh, enough to cover 1.26 of the 9.9 trillion in deposits countrywide. Okay, but <laughs> SVB doesn't have that much. So it would have to be a run on every single bank. Look, all I'm hearing from people is that they're pulling money out. Every every person I've asked, every person I've talked to since we've heard about this news, they go, "Are you pulling your money out?" Are you going to pull your money out of the bank? And I'm like, are you t are you asking me this because you are going to? Because me, I'm not doing anything. Like, I'll pull out some cash. There's there's no way I can pull out all the cash. And just... But I'm hearing tons of people being like, yep, went out and pulled out the max. 
And I've also heard from some people saying they tried to and weren't weren't able. I don't want to name who those people are, but, you know, some prominent people. You know, the other reason why I don't think there's any likelihood of a bank run in, the, in depression analogies don't work is, you know, most people don't use cash. I have almost nothing on me. I use credit cards. So your credit card's still going to work even if, you know, right. there's, there's a bank run. But, you know, there's no reason for a bank run unless people are rational. Can that happen? Absolutely. But we ought to be assuring people, don't worry. You don't need to take your money out. Your bank money's insured. But we, again, shouldn't be bailing out the people who've got huge amounts of money invested in bad investments, and now we're going to pay the price to save them. Did you know that you can buy a 55-gallon drum of 5.56 ammo? Well, for how much does that cost? Like 10 grand. Wait, wait, wait. Say it one more time. You can buy a 55-gallon drum of 5.56. Where? From Brownells. Brownells, mm-hmm. huh? Just put a bookmark on that. We'll I'll send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> 55-gallon drum of 5.56 wow. green tip. Don't let that catch on fire. Steel core. Oh, no. man. Steel core? Steel core green tip. I don't know if you want that, though. I mean, that's... I mean, what... Steel... I know, green, I get it. Green tip through a 20-inch barrel is going to vibe check anybody's armor. <laughs> it's going to... It's going to... It's going it's it's to vibe check a helicopter. 20-inch barrel with a 5.56 is the meanest... It was one of the meanest bullets you can, you're yeah, going to find, true. so... Anyways, I like 11 and a half inch barrels, but that's just me. Go well, ahead. All right. Tim Sprague says, I started native homesteading for the modern day homesteader to buy and sell products. I started this because you told us to get out of the city. Very, very cool. Native homesteading. Yeah. Uh, I certainly recommend it. We've got a lot of work going on at the new uh, new property for the new headquarters. And uh, we're trying to get a bunch of infrastructure built like internet, but the materials are all in short supply. So it's taking forever. It really has been crazy over the past couple of years. But uh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the new HQ. All right, where are we at? Hayden75 says, is this the black swan event that could cause the collapse? No. A black swan event is something that can't be seen. We have watched this train barreling down the tracks since 2007 at least. Yeah. Yeah, but the average person doesn't. The average person is like, who's Joe Biden? And you're like, oh, heavens. And you, you can't. You know, what do you do, man? What do we got here? We got another slide? Yep, black swan. The black swan, what does this say? Well, it doesn't say it's an unforeseen event. People warn about black swans. The thing is you cannot compute a probability, just like we cannot compute a probability of H5N1 naturally mutating into human-human transmissible. You can't. There's no data to do it. Uh, we can't compute the probability of you know That's why it's a artificial swan, right? intelligence leading to a collapse. There's no data for it. So you can't compute probabilities, but you can foresee these things happen. There's usually experts warning about them, but we normally ignore the warnings. And we're so focused on having statistics and probability and, and assuming it's a normal distribution. That's what Nassim Taleb wrote about in The Black Swan that we're suckers for black swan events. So we need to pay attention to the warnings. Don't try to calculate a probability of an unforeseen event. It hasn't happened before. You can't calculate a probability. So you need to be watching out for them. And if you watch out for a black swan, you can be prepared for it and you can survive if it's a collapse or you can make money as Nassim Taleb does as an investor. How much of like the H5N1 is hysteria? Because I, I just got the last three years of people telling me COVID was going to kill me. And it's like, I'm so burnt out on that. They're and completely different. COVID-19 from day one, there was a Harvard medical, in our in our Fortune Inch newsletter, when it first came out, we said, this is not the collapse from a pandemic we've been worrying about. This is not it. Because there was a Harvard medical study early out saying, 
the lethality of this is way below 1%. Way below 1%, you don't need to worry about it. It's not going to stop people from going to work unless the government makes you do it. It's not going to cause a collapse. This is 60% lethal with H5N1 amongst humans. Now, when the virus mutates, that could change. But even it doesn't need to be six. Anything double digit is what we say. That's going to stop you from going to work. Because policemen, for example, if there's a even a low 20% probability avian flu variant, if you go to work, it's not just a 20% chance you'll die. It's a chance you're going to bring that virus home now. If you got a couple kids, one of them will die. Is it like of the 60% of people that die, 99.99% are obese or something like that? No, yeah. it's just that's the total count. We haven't had many human-human fatalities from avian flu, so it's a complete census of the deaths, and it's a 60% lethality rate. Now, it could be a little bit lower if they've completely missed some cases. His, but. his point about police officers and stuff like that is extremely important. Like, mm-hmm. people think that... People forget that the whatever the situation is that's going on that's causing civil unrest, if it's bad enough where cops decide I'm staying home to protect my family, that's the line mm-hmm. where where like everything just falls to shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like so you can have society kind of limping along if you have people that are still going out and trying to keep society, functioning properly once people start saying no i'm not going to do my job and you're talking about the infrastructure jobs like police fire etc ems once those people decide i'm staying home to protect my family that's when all bets are off that's when everything falls apart or if there's too many people looting and creating violence at once if a lot of you know you saw that in portland if they're even if the police are out if there's a lot of people causing violence you can't you can't stop it there's just too many people to stop yeah so let's read some more super chats. All right. What do we got here? Jesse B says the irony is if the diversity manager had diversified their funds, they wouldn't have been hit so hard. Ha ha. <laughs> I was just uh, checking my messages. There's a new Prager U video out featuring oh, I saw, me. I saw. Yeah, I saw so you, guys, you should check that out. I think it's on their YouTube. I need, I need to check. I just saw, saw the message. But uh, yeah, I filmed with them and we talked about fake news. And I think something else. It was great. Your question, how many times does someone have to lie to you before you consider them a liar? Yeah. Once. Dirty, we, dirty we, smear I, merchants. We worked together on Put It Together. I gave them a bunch of bullet points and ideas. They wrote up like a bunch. They like framed it out for their, how their video style. And then I came back and then, you know, we went back and forth on writing out a script. It was really, really cool. Nice. Then I sat in a weird room and there was a big screen, screen behind me. And then I said a bunch of words from a teleprompter. It was fun. It was really good, though. Yep. All right. No, uh, number one American Rob says, Tim, you convinced me that West Virginia is a good spot to ride out the downfall. I'm a maintenance guy, sustainable gardener, and have experience in live events plus more. Do you have any jobs open for a guy like me? Yes. Email jobs at, I think it's jobs at timcast.com. And uh, we will, uh, I'll write down your name. We have a job opening, too, in West Virginia. We're looking for a ranch manager. So if you've got uh, military or law enforcement oh, officer experience, and especially if you also have some construction skills, because we do a lot of building, uh, just go to our website, 14ranch.com, email me, manager at 14ranch.com, or we're hiring in uh, West Virginia. Also, Tennessee is looking for a ranch manager, too. We're opening a new location there, and then New York is coming. New so York. We're, we're opening more franchise locations. New York, not New York City. Right. Uh, well out of New York City, a couple hours outside to the north and a little bit west, we'll be opening New York there. So if you've got a really great prepper facility or an RV park, 
and you're interested in joining the Fortitude Ranch system, we're expanding now by franchising, and it's a great way for you to help get help with your sales and operations and everything else. Right on. I also do think West Virginia is a great place. The mm-hmm. land is inexpensive. It's very close to a bunch of major urban centers, a couple hours drive, depending on where you're at. And uh, it's, an op- it's an opportunity to grow an economy around people who, who they're, they're, are, they're good people. And I have to wonder why that is, why it is that I can go out into West Virginia and be more likely to meet someone who knows a little bit about politics than New York City. In New York City, they'll believe fake things. In West Virginia, they will believe correct things. Not, not everybody, not completely. I'm saying things like Donald Trump. You go to New York, they're like, Donald Trump praised neo-Nazis. You come out here and they're like, yeah, no, he didn't. I, I watched that video. And I'm like, there's a, there's a tendency among people out here. They're, it's good people, you know. West Virginia has one of the highest rates of military membership per capita. You want to wow. guess what area has the worst rate of military participation New per York. capita? The District of Columbia ah, is the well, absolute worst. Oh, that's not surprising. Yep, yep, yep. All right, here we go. Legama Thagayan says, as a doctor, I understand the rationale for gain-of-function research, and I support it. It should be done on a sinkable floating platform in the ocean, hermetically sealed from the outside with a skeleton crew of workers who live there, not in a huge city like Wuhan. Right, or like on top of a mountain. They do, it's uh, um, BSL-4, biosecurity level 4, and that's supposed to be like the best security. There's four layers, but it's like, come on, man. Someone gets bitten by a bat. And then they leave, and there you go. All right, where are we at? What do we got here? Group B says, Tim, you often say history rhymes. Bear Stearns failed in March of 08, and by September, Lehman Brothers collapsed, ushering the financial crisis. Will we see something similar to that later this summer? I don't know. I don't think that the people that own the biggest banks would be sad if there was another bank consolidation. So don't write that one off. Yep. I mean, it is it is different. It's like previously we're talking about um, value that wasn't there. You know, when we're talking about uh, these, uh, what's the word, subprime mortgages, it's not the same situation it was in the past. It's different. There's different problems. It's not going to be the same as 08. We have to, we have to see. Yep. Frankly, none of us know what's going to happen. So, yep. Jared Hogan says, so Tim, are you going to bring back free chat like you said? Yes. So two issues. First was we get a lot of people complaining that there's no live chat for the show because it was just flooded, moving too quickly. And when people say they couldn't even read it, it moved too fast. So then we were like, let's do subscriber only chat. And then with subscriber only chat, it mitigated some of the problem, but still moved too quickly. Eventually, we're like, let's do time gated subscriber only chat. You can only post every X amount of seconds. Still didn't work. Still got spam. Too many people still got people saying, I wish we could chat during the show. So I said, let's do members only chat. The problem then is now you've got TimCast.com membership and YouTube membership, and we don't really care about YouTube membership. We just needed a way to create a chat that people could actually read. So then someone gave us the idea of doing a Discord, which then combines TimCast.com with the chat. So it's actually cheaper for you, better for us, brings the free chat back, solves a lot of the problems. The challenge, however, is really easy to get banned from. So that means we have to work out a system that makes sense. So the idea is, if you're a member at TimCast.com, the moment you sign up, you get access to the TimCast lounge in, the, in our Discord server. And there's going to be rules. The purpose of the Discord server is for having conversations around the news stories we're covering. And we try to keep the vibe in there similar to the show, meaning 
don't come into the discord just to be mean. Come in with a real argument and a concern. And if your concern is an ideology or a lifestyle, make your make your approach argumentative and academic instead of just calling someone names, because we don't we don't want that. That's not that's not the level of conversation we want to have. Then after six months of being a member at TimCast.com, you instantly upgrade to the VIP lounge where you can go into voice chat. And we use voice chat for call-ins on the show. Or if you sign up at TimCast.com for 25 bucks, you go into the VIP lounge. We wanted to make sure that there was a way to, to gate out people who would exploit the system and, and harass and cause problems. But we didn't want to make it pay-oriented because then some people wouldn't be able to get in. So they were like, time or pay. I said, why not both? So some people can pay. Some people can just wait. And that's probably the best way to do it. And then I think, you know, obviously, if like you're a $25 member for 10 months, then you just downgrade back to $10 or whatever. And you're in the you're in the VIP lounge anyway. So you can just sort of pass the gate or whatever. I don't know. We're trying to figure it out, man. There's no simple answers. Obviously, I wish everything could be free and we could make money in other ways, but it's just not possible. We're not commies. We're capitalists. All right. Where are we at? Let's get some. Let's grab a couple more. TN says, second time I'm super chatting this. Look up Operation Hardtack. Low yield nuke delivered by balloon at 85,000 feet. Cool. It was a test for EMP effects. China sent a balloon to test the jet stream and our response. Ooh. We talked about that before, I, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was in 1958. Send, send a balloon over with an EMP. Tony Ty says, great guest tonight, Tim. Well, I certainly think so. There you go. All right, let's grab a couple more. Here we go. Sanayo Karizame says, Tim, I work with U.S. Bank. Think it's a good idea to withdraw some funds before it hits them? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not a financial guy. I can't give you any advice. I can only tell you that um, I don't think people going on TV and saying everything is fine is going to convince anybody after 2008. And I mean, that's a challenge. You go on a show like this and say the end is nigh, get your money, and then you cause the collapse. You come on the show and lie. Everything's fine. And just like, who's going to believe you? So the real answer is, look, man, you make a decision for yourself. I ain't going to tell you what to do. I'll tell you what I'll do. You know, move out, to, move out of cities, get some chickens, get some emergency food. Because if in the end nothing happens, I got some food and I got some chickens. Sounds like a good life. And then if it really is the worst case scenario and the collapse happens, I am thankful I have food and chickens. That's just me. All right. What do we got? What do we got? Manipul says microtransactions are great. More paywalls. Well, we're trying to reduce the paywall. We're trying to, we'll have the free chat on YouTube and then the Discord chat for members. That way, I, I, this, this works. We, we want to create more things that members get so that your 10 bucks goes further instead of just the uncensored show. So you'll get both. You'll get both. How about that work? How about that? All right. That's a hot take. All right. Fire Sky says, what about Gilded if Discord doesn't work out? I guess that's uh, Roblox or something. Yeah, Gilded is Roblox. So it's probably, we were told it was worse. Yeah, potentially. All right, last one. Daniel says, I know Discord chat is already in development, but would it be possible to use Gilded instead? Pretty much the same thing from my limited look. But we heard that the censorship is actually worse. All right, everybody, but we're getting to it. And uh, we will hopefully have it set up. So smash that like button if you have not already. Subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends because that is the most powerful way that podcasts actually succeed and grow is word of mouth. And also become a member at TimCast.com to help us keep the lights on, keep doing the work we do. It's an interesting business model we have. You get the show for free, fine. And then we hope that some people like the show enough that they're going to pay 10 bucks a month for the after show and that funds everything. But if at any point that doesn't work, I don't know. I don't know what we do. The model seems to be working for now, but with ad rates dropping, it's like we're trying to find other ways to generate revenue to keep the company growing, expanding. 
because I want to win a culture war. So we got the coffee shop. We got a bunch of stuff we're working on. So the live uncensored show will be up in about 10 minutes. Check that out at TimCast.com. Members only. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Drew, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, again, we just appreciate your interest in Fortitude Ranch. Uh, we're looking for ranch managers in some areas. We're expanding with franchising. And if you don't do Fortitude Ranch, that's fine. But do get your weapon as you've been advised and be prepared because uh, collapse could happen tomorrow, not just from H5N1 or electric system, but almost any cause. It happens historically. It's going to happen to us. And we're a lot more vulnerable now than we've been in the past. Right on. I am Phil that remains on Twitter. I am Phil that remains official on Instagram. Uh, give me a follow. And I'm Ian Crossland. Follow me at iancrossland.net. Anywhere on social media at Ian Crossland. Drew, thanks. Uh, FortitudeRanch.com is where people can go to find you. And then also this uh, documentary, Grid Down, Power Up. I'm looking forward to looking at it's that. It's a good grid. Thanks for coming, man. Thanks. Hi, Serge. Uh, I am at surge.com. If you want to complain about audio, please argue with me on Twitter. Bring it on. I know more than you. Talk to you there. All right, everybody. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in a few minutes. Thanks for hanging out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.